Tired of that same old talk radio? Listen to Twin Talk with Jose and Angel, Tuesdays at 7 p.m. It's time for Twin Talk with Jose and Angel, identical twins who swam the placental waters together and have navigated life as identical individuals. At childhood, the brothers shared clothes, a room, and birthdays, thus fortifying their bond. Nevertheless, their differences became apparent. While Jose and Angel love country, family, and rock and roll, they rarely see eye to eye. The only constant is their unique alliance and rivalry. They may have shared the room, but they don't share opinions. And welcome to another edition of Twin Talk with Jose and Angel. I'm Jose. And I am Angel. And we're broadcasting live from (laughs) Theo Luis's Garage, the way we do it every week on the largest internet radio network in the world, TwinTalkCast.com. No. Well, well, something like that. Live365.com, but we also do it out of our website, which my brother said, TwinTalkCast.com. We have a player (laughs) widget there. Just push play, Holmes. Anyway, we are so glad that uh, you join us every week. Uh, As you know, we're doing it on a a special night from the next five weeks or so, as I am going to be on assignment working on The Voice for the next six weeks or a five weeks. special any night with Los Twins is pretty special. Huh? We usually broadcast Tuesday nights, but we're doing it Wednesday nights, 7 p.m. on TwinTalkCast.com. Also, you can always catch our shows later on. If you don't happen to catch us live, you can catch us on Just, podcasts. Yeah, because we're iTwins, so you could uh, uh, find us on iTunes. Look for Twin Talk with Jose and Angel, or you could subscribe, homes on TwinTalkCast.com and put us in your gadget and take us anywhere. Eh? Subscribe to our... It's free. Ciao. It's free, and you know oh, what? Take us anywhere. Eh? On your favorite gadget. Also... Plug us into your car. Also, want to let you guys know that throughout the show or anytime the, throughout... The radio the, in the kitchen. Anytime throughout the show or during the week, you can uh, chat us up on Facebook uh, just g- uh, give us a friend uh, request on uh, Twin Talk Show and uh, say hello. You can comment on any of our things that we're talking about. You can, uh, you know, argue, discuss, uh, make, recommend- make recommendations, whatever. Anyway, uh, just call up and say hello to Jackie because I know that's what you want to do. I need some hot tea. My voice is going, dude. It's not really good right now. Yeah, it's kind of cold over here in the garage, eh? Also, friend us on Twin Talk Show on Twitter at Twin Talk Show. Uh, we are and so on Facebook. We are so happy that you guys join us, and uh, we re- we 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 encourage freedom of speech. We encourage that you express yourselves. I know I do. I don't know. My brother probably does it because he gets all hung up and hey, whatever. I have no problem with freedom of speech, but what's wrong with the right to remain silent? Nothing eh? wrong with that, but you got to tolerate. If someone is angry or happy, you got to tolerate. It is freedom hey, of speech, freedom because, of expression. Just because you have the right doesn't mean you have to, eh? I, I'm That's not like saying you have the to. The imposition and shit. I'm eh? not saying they have I don't to. Need to hear your but shit. we encourage freedom of expression. Express yourself, eh? Anyway, as we were telling you earlier, you can brought, you can check out all our podcasts on TwinTalkCast.com. You can listen to them um, 
or subscribe to them. And last week's show was really, really cool. We had an awesome show. We had a cool act that joined us um, here and performed live in Theo Lisa's Garage. Tell them about it. Uh, Borrowed Bones was here. They performed an acoustic song, which they've never done before. You ought to check it out. It was a very, very appropriate. It was a day after election, and it was a very heartfelt song and pretty cool. These are cool guys, good friends of ours. Finally came to the garage and rocked it as part of their CD release uh, promotion, uh, Borrowed Bones. And uh, we also had Klimak, eh? We had John Caddy's Klimak, reporter from um, NBC Los Angeles. He called us from... He had just done a, yeah. a, a pot dispensary story, and uh, he was giving us a skinny and all the kush. He's got a he's he, you know, your homie over there. He's a little rough at the edges. Hey, huh? let me just tell you. Let me make it clear. My name is Jose Hernandez, and I am vehemently against the recreational use of any drugs, including marijuana, and I am serious about that. That explains why you're so damn serious, eh? <laughs> <laughs> I am serious about it. If you guys have listened to us at for any period of time, you will know that that is one of the distinct differences between my brother and I, and that's what makes us so damn bitchin'. Because I'm so recreational, eh? And Jose's so damn serious. To that end, today's <laughs> show is going to be fantastic. Today we have, listen, dude, we have to do this undercover. Okay. Because we have, on today's show, we have an actual grower, a guy who has not one, not two, but three or four pot grow houses awesome, where he man. actually cultivates Give me his addresses. marijuana. <laughs> <laughs> he's gonna, he's Give gonna, me his addresses, eh? He's going to be here talking about his technique. He's going to talk about the fact that it's a family business. I'm going to ask him the hard questions because, you know me, I'm against all that. Yeah. Also with us. <laughs> also with us. Okay, I'll ask him the easy ones. <laughs> also with us. I decided I'd also. Mochate, Holmes. I Kick fig- down, eh? <laughs> Don't bogart, Holmes. I also figured I would invite uh, uh, Mark O'Hara. He is a um, political consultant of 23 years. Uh, he is a uh, uh, political consultant. Yeah, he's a political consultant. Hey, dude, I can consult you on that shit. Hey, eh? just lay off. Eh? <laughs> he is on um, what you call it. He is a uh, political consultant with over 200 election victories. He is the executive director of Patient Care Alliance. He is, he is a spokesperson and a proponent of medicinal marijuana. How many victories does he have? 200 victories in right elections. Right on, eh? Anyways, he's going to be here. So it's a pretty one-sided show in that we have two guests, both from the pro-marijuana side. I'm the only one here, I think, who's against it. My brother, I think he's more loose about it. And we'll have that conversation. I don't know about Jackie, but we'll bring up Jackie. Also, Jackie Casas, uh, stay tuned because uh, we do every week uh, out of Telemundo and NBC, straight out of Telemundo and NBC, multimedia journalist and cool-ass friend of ours, also celebrating her birthday. She will be giving ah, us the news birthday. and dirty laundry. What's going on later on in the news and dirty laundry, Jackie? Hey, guys. Uh, tonight, we have a new scandal coming straight out of the CIA. You know I like a good sex scandal. I'll give yeah. you the details on that. Also, today is International Diabetes Day. New global statistics show shocking results about obesity rates around the world. Pass the cookies, Angel. GMO. <laughs> and finally, do you want tighter, firmer skin without surgery or Botox? 
<laughs> well, then how about a good old slap to the face? <laughs> I'll, t- I'll tell you how a good smack may be good for you. All that and more coming up in News and Dirty Laundry. You know what? I've been feeling my ass a little loose lately. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> I'm so not feeling your ass, dude. Hey, you know what? But we also have some call-ins later on, eh? What do we do? We got uh, Pam Larry. She's the, uh, the original initiator of the uh, label GMO. Let's, uh, hear Let's hear it for Pam Larry. The initiator of the Label GMO uh, Foods uh, Cali- uh, Cal- California Ballot Initiative, which was uh, which uh, from uh, Prop 37 that is no more, but it started a movement uh, uh, across the nation and across the world. So we're going to talk to her later on. And uh, 3OAS, we're going to have a call in with uh, Stephanie Amato. Awesome. 3OAS is going to be here a little bit later. So, uh, hey, stay tuned. Also from A&M uh, uh, Entertainment, Melinda, she's going to tell us about the fundraiser we're going to be doing uh, next Friday. Not this Friday, but the next. And we're going to be there. So, hey, we have a busy show, so let's get going right now. So, since we're kind of busy, we're going to get right into the shout-outs, eh? I want to give a shout-out to Irene Villa. Thanks for liking. Thanks for liking. Thanks for liking. Thanks for liking. And all that time, <laughs> all the times you like our stuff on Facebook. And uh, David Gallegos, what's up, Holmes? Say what's up, eh? Also, a, a shout-out to Steve Gaynor, eh? Great to be in touch on Facebook, eh? Bush is evil, Holmes. Also, Luis Haro, I know you moved out of state, Holmes, but I agree with you, eh? I totally agree with you. Terry Wynn, you're there, Holmes? It's not even Tuesday, eh? But you're there. Thanks, man. Also, a shout-out to all the way in the East Coast, Sue Gregorius. Thanks for tuning in otra vez. Also, Edmund Robles, David Guzman, Gary Peter, and El Director Hernandez and El Sargento Susek from El Sonido Callejero. What's up, homies? Let's party, eh? Y también Melinda, you know, la niña ahí. Also, uh, a shout-out to Josh Cottrell, uh, David, Jose, Joe, Al, and Shyla. Love working with you guys. The best TV crew ever, man. This time we had a new chick on our on our crew, and she rocked it, eh? Not bad, eh? Anyway, she's actually she's more experienced than I am, but hey, you <laughs> rocked it, eh? Also, um, one last shout out, hey, Lil Smiley Holmes, Prop Thirty Six passed, eh? See you when you get out of jail, is it? Anyways, your shout-outs are brought to you by Express Cuts. Do you have a shout-out, baby? I actually have. I just want to give a shout-out to everyone that told me happy birthday on our Twin Talk Facebook wall. Thank you so much. It's so sweet to have all the birthday love. Much love to you guys. Thank you. I also have a shout-out. I have a shout-out to Jana Shortle from from uh, out uh, from uh, Minnesota, who I worked with yesterday on The Voice. also want to give a shout-out to Lindsay Pena from Fresno, yeah, uh, worked with her yesterday on The Voice, uh, and it was great working with you guys. Uh, one more shout-out. I want to give a shout-out to Gene Davidson. Gene, we love you, and thank you so much. God bless you a million times, eh? All right, so those are your shout-outs. Your shout-outs are brought to you by Express Cuts because you got to get your hair pimped at one time or another. So go to Express Cuts at 10 420 Laura Susan Road in the city of El Monte, but we say big Monte Homes. That's Express Cuts, 10420 Laura Souza Road. Look them up and tell them those twins sent you because they do something for you. The 
Welcome back to Twin Talk with Jose and Angel. I'm Jose. And I'm Angel. And you're listening to us on the largest internet radio network in the world, Live 365. And on, or you're probably on TwinTalkCast.com where we have our, our player there. Yeah. Yeah. On TwinTalkCast.com. That's our website. I or, wonder, or it's it might be, maybe it's not even Wednesday for you right now. You're <laughs> podcasting us the next day or someday, the next day after that. Quien sabe, You get so philosophical and crazy. Because really, like, it's like a trip, eh? I want to remind everybody to chat us up on Facebook, on our wall, on Twin Talk Show. Also, you can tweet us on at Twin Talk Show. But we do it the old-fashioned way here in Theo Luis's garage. In Theo Luis's garage, we have a phone. So give us a call at 626-275. That's 626-275-8946. We're willing to we'll listen to your calls. You can chat us up on anything that your heart desires, but mostly to argue with my brother if you'd like. I just want to thank you for the munchies, bro. You're welcome. We got some animal cookies here. Uh, it was from my daughter's baby shower, you know. Can you believe I'm going to be a grandpa in about a few weeks? Yeah, right on, Can eh? you believe that? Pa que aprendas, Pa eh? que aprenda la gente, dude. I, I know. know how to do it. If, I hope you'll soften up now, eh? I want to rewind everyone that are um, that coming up tonight, we have a very, very busy show. We have a phone call from the Trio A's calling us from the Latin Grammys tonight. We also have a, sh- a phone call from Pam Larry. She is a person who wrote... The Prop 37 initiative bill, whatever what you call it. She's going to give us uh, the skinny on what's the latest on that. We also have with us later on a man that we are going to call Charles. He is a grower of medicinal marijuana. He has several grow houses. Also, hey, with- He's right here. Hey, I brought the munchies, eh? <laughs> All right, Holmes? <laughs> also, also, Mr. Mark O'Hara, he is a... Uh, a uh, uh, long-time national political consultant and executive director of Patient Care Alliance. He's going to bring in uh, that point of view when it comes to medicinal marijuana and uh, the legal aspects of it and all that good stuff. But right now, as we do every week, <laughs> as we do every week, straight out of Telemundo and NBC, our very good friend and multimedia journalist, the hottest chicken news. And the birthday girl. And the birthday girl. Miss Jackie Casa. Thank you, guys. Happy birthday, Happy baby. Thank you. Thank you so much for my flowers. Oh, well, Jose, they got, Jose got you the flowers. I, I got you the card. Eh? I, I love the card and the flowers and the gifts. It's very sweet. You notice she said thank you for the flowers first. All girls love flowers, bro. My brother Let was that all... that be a lesson from your older all, brother. Flowers, eh? No, dude, I'll get her a card. Eh? He's all flowers, eh? So I'm just getting practical, eh? <laughs> open, open the card, eh? We argued. Okay, can Later. I just say, we argued. We you fought over. What, really? We were going to get a gift together, uh-huh. but we couldn't argue. We, we couldn't get, we couldn't coalesce. So, oh, I feel so honored. So we fought this about it. This is like a girl's dream. Two boys <laughs> fighting to want to get her present. No, no, you, no you, what you actually meant, the girl's dream is those twins fighting. <laughs> oh, my God. Now, you've seen us fight. <laughs> Uh, you see the fight off yeah. the air. You see yeah. how bad that can get. Uh, My yes. brother and I literally Very fought. awkward. <laughs> Very awkward. <laughs> we really fought over uh, what... So, wow. he, so he just said, fuck it, Jose. You get what you want. I get what I want. That's usually how it works out. You guys just sort of agree to not agree. And then, and then magic happens. And magic eh? happens. Look what happened. Very sweet. It was very kind of you guys. Thank you so much. How did you spend your birthday? Um, you know what? I actually spent it with my family. Super low key, super low key. We no, did it. Um, no double fisting. 
No, no double <laughs> fisting. I know double fisting because I had to go to work on Monday. So I was like, uh, probably not too smart to have the, you know, tequila and vodka on either side. Um, but it was uh, when I was younger, I my favorite thing to do was to have pizza with my friends over. So usually uh, I'll do something else. But this time my mom decided to get old school. We had pizza and cake and I was super happy. Awesome. I saw that cake from Portos. Right? Mm. Oh, delicious. Awesome. Delicious. Portos Portos is overrated, but let's move on. You know what? Your face. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Let's get it started. Because this is some hot stuff. Okay. Four-star General David Petraeus resigned last week from his position as CIA director after admitting to being involved in an extramarital affair. Let me tell you how it all surfaced. Uh, because uh, He quit because of that? He quit. He resigned. It's a super severely tangled love web, so let me tell you how it happened. 40-year-old, <laughs> 40-year-old Paula Broadwell, the alleged mistress, who was the uh, one who basically wrote the biography of uh, David Petraeus, she apparently sent a threatening email to Petraeus' family friend and socialite, Jill Kelly. Who socialite. Supposedly, <laughs> who supposedly... That, that really means chismosa, eh? <laughs> right? Supposedly, she was slipping her hand under the table to Petraeus, and uh, she was very jealous of Kelly. Uh, the alleged mistress, Broadwell, they, she hasn't been involved with Petraeus for a while, according to the report. However, she's still kind of jealous. So she sent her a threatening email. Wow, so he, had this, a, he has a stalker. This chick, Jill Kelly, sends this email to this unknown FBI agent as of this moment. Unknown dude. Uh. So they considered it kind of like as a, like a cyber, cyber issue. So they started to try to find what was going on. <laughs> Investigate. To investigate, <laughs> basically. Yes. Um, so, like I said, the safe FBI agent became obsessed with the case and ended up uncovering these emails between Paula Broadwell and Petraeus when he found the source of the threatening emails. It seems like they had a secret uh, email account where they were writing emails to each other, but they were saving it as drafts. Uh-huh. So, technically, there was no email trail. Well, but, but it's the FBI. The email account is still there. You can still huh? read the and draft. And he's a CIA you, director. Go yes. ahead, brother. What were you going to say? How do you send an email and save it as draft? Doesn't matter, dude. The point is that this, that you're getting you technical. can save it. You, you can send when you type up an email. If you don't want to send it out, you want to save. You can save it as a draft, and it'll oh, hold. Oh, and you open it. it you have hold. the same one. Yes, if you have the same email account, same login, that's how you when, can preview that's it. That's how it's when you send a mail and you just give it the wrong address, which is your address. Well, you give it. You whatever, dude. Let's go back to the topic. Free. The point is that the you CIA director, without a stamp. the CIA director, <laughs> stepped down. Here's the deal: the CIA, the CIA director steps down the day before he's supposed to testify in front of a congressional committee. Yes. How convenient is that? The day after, one or two days after the president's yes. elected, reelected. Yes. When uh, it's been known for months that he's been having this affair. Okay. This is the same CIA director who used to be the four-star general. Okay, same CIA director. This is the boss, the CIA boss? Yes, yes. the same CIA director who's in charge of the, the CIA annex in Benghazi, Libya, which oh, oh, is oh, which, right. which so was let's attacked. Get com- let's get a Republican committee on that one también. Yes, and, and there is going money, to be right? a Republican committee China, on it man. because no, one, no one's talking about it in the press. They're f- during the whole election, they, they avoided the fact that the president 
and and that there was a, a terrorist attack and the president blamed it on a film. Well, you know, a stupid, obscure film had nothing to do with let it. Let me tell you about the American foreign and policy. And the CIA director Ameri- knows it. That's why he's being discredited. American foreign policy is keep America busy on foreign policy so they don't know what's going on here in the U.S. No, what they're doing is they don't need to do that anymore. All they need to do is tell the, the media what to, to say because the media follows the, the, the president's narrative. It's ridiculous. Look what's going on now. Everybody, nobody cares that four Americans died on 9-11. Nobody cares, but they sure care about this TMZ uh, freaking National Enquirer stuff about the, na- the director and some socialite. That's bull crap. Wait, That's guys, been going on for months. You guys are getting way too hot and bothered when I haven't even told you the crazy shit. Go for that, it. That's crazy enough for me. Cause, That's crazy cause enough. Enough, I don't, right? You would imagine. I don't care about that. I care about Americans that died, Jackie Casas. I love you, my dear. <laughs> you but, but, super crazy. But, but that's what everyone's talking about. I want to hear the. I want to hear the trash. Okay. Eh? Well, it starts getting <laughs> a little a little crazy. So this unnamed FBI agent. So this investigation starts happening, right? Well, it turns out that this FBI agent had sent shirtless CIA. At, no, this unknown FBI agent okay. that was uncovering the emails. Uh-huh. Turns out he was sending shirtless photos of himself to this Jill Kelly, the quote-unquote socialite chick, because he was trying to seduce her. Okay? Uh-huh. So then as we continue with, hold on, guys. As we continue the investigation, turns out Jill Kelly, once again, the quote-unquote socialite, apparently was having an affair with another four-star general, uh, John Allen. They found like 20,000 pages. He's married. Pretty much everyone here is married. So Um, these are all affairs. They found 20,000 pages of emails between General Allen and Joe Kelly. Clarify this. Let me just tell my wife. Let me just tell my wife, Mija, I'm not going to get a job in the government, eh, baby. You don't have to worry (laughs) about it, okay? Uh, Okay. Um, (laughs) uh, And Lourdes (laughs) chimed in and said, did they get a committee for that investigation too? As a matter of fact, there is an investigation going on. Uh, There's the... uh, uh, um, the invest what's it called the uh, intelligence committee that's doing a, 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 an investigation on that, but it's closed doors. As far as I'm concerned, the, the Republicans are putting that's not to put very together intelligent. Bi- <laughs> the, the Republicans are trying to put together a bipartisan committee to 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 investigate what happened in Benghazi. They're not saying they're not saying they're saying forget this crap. We want to know what happened in Benghazi. That's what that's what we want to know. Rush Limbaugh was actually uh, reported to have said the FBI spent more time in Paula Broadwell's house in North Carolina than they did in Benghazi. <laughs> Here's what I got to say. Here's a situation where the general's privates was in charge. <laughs> yeah. That's a good one, eh? <laughs> so it's, uh, it's all sorts of drama going on. This, Like I said, this FBI so agent. So that, hey, that gives new meaning to CIA, Central Intelligence Agency. Uh-huh. Talk. No, you're cochino, <laughs> dude. Intelligent. Move on. Oh, I have one in. That sounds really dirty, Move though. On. I don't want to say it. I don't want to say it. Uh, so, yeah. Don't so, say it. So, <laughs> like I said, there, this, hey, this is, is still... internet radio. We can do that shit. <laughs> no, I don't know, say it. This is our radio station. No, okay. Sounds terrible. Move on. Go for it. Uh, so, we'll see what would happen with this investigation. Like I said, that FBI agent that actually kind of opened up the Pandora's box, who is now whoopsies, shirtless photos and all this stuff. I say, fuck the committee. That's a waste of time and money. Put TMZ on it. We'll find out in two days. My brother does have a point. TMZ will do a better job than the freaking government. The government sucks. On to the next one. All right. No more sex scandal. (laughs) Boo. Okay, guys. Today is... International Diabetes Day. Yay. It seems like the new... I don't get it. 
sugar, sugar. Awareness of diabetes. It, oh, okay. it seems like the new You want a cookie? I actually do. They look really yummy. Um, they're so... Actually, I got I got my blood sugar taken, and my blood sugar is too low. So, orale a la Rock it, baby. Mm-hmm. So, let's hear. What is National Diabetes Day? Okay. Does that, that mean when all the obese come up, people come out and say it's my day? That means stop GMO foods, eh? The global diabetes rates were released in this study of, of the World Diabetes Day. And it seems like uh, diabetes is soaring completely out of control on a global platform. And on top of that, many cases haven't even been diagnosed. The report notes that 371 million people have diabetes and 187 million people are still to be diagnosed. These numbers are um, higher than last year. And on top of that, it seems like there's an upward trend that will continue. Something else that was kind of shocking was that obesity rates increased in third world countries, which is something that you wouldn't expect. Um, however, because yeah, they're starving, because <laughs> no, because they're, they're yeah, exactly, but they're, they're feeding them them GMOs. Indeed. Yes. Indeed it is. The GMOs, are, that's where the testing ground is out there, man. They're, they're putting them out there and just, you know, we'll talk to. Well, this, this is what I got to say about <laughs> diabetes. Um, the reason why there's such a, 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 a Huge amount of diabetes. Oh, I just got to tell those diabetics that are still in the closet, it's okay. Come out of the closet <laughs> on that, eh? No, here's the deal. <laughs> I read an article in my men's health magazine years ago. It was fascinating. It was about this little doctor in the middle of middle America where people go into her office with diabetes and they come out without diabetes. And Well, not literally that same day. But she has them. She <laughs> says to them, look, this is what I'm going to do. Then but what's a big deal? But you've got to <laughs> listen to me. You have to do what I tell you, and you will you will be cured of diabetes, most diabetes. She puts them on a diet. Juice. On a good diet. And you know what happens? They did this whole article about it. The bottom line is this. The, the, the American Diabetes Association is bullshitting you, okay? The, 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 the dietary plan that they have for people mm-hmm. is wrong. It actually keeps you dependent of insulin this art the guy who wrote this article interviewed the doctors for the ada and said hey why are you doing this your 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 thing is backward uh, if you go on a real diet uh, you know where your, your nutritious foods you, you're better off than your diet and he said to them the doctor said the reason why we have it this way is because we know people are not going to stick to the diet so they mm-hmm. make it more dependent on insulin so insulin use has gone crazy up since the ada got involved and so that's why the it's it's what it's a it, insulin's a sex toy is it really damn it's marco knows toy? everything we got to we got to talk about I never that saw later. The, oh oh i was like i didn't see no battery in that <laughs> pretty insidious well it seems cool just Wow. Wow. I never thought of it that way. <laughs> so let's go on. Some new statistics is that four out of five individuals with diabetes live in low and middle income countries. One in four of all diabetes deaths occur in Southeast Asia. And uh, 81% of people with diabetes in Africa uh, are undiagnosed. Wow. So today uh, for World Diabetes Day, just be aware of your um, you know, possible... Angel, p- bring me the, co- the cookies back, please. <laughs> and check yourself because you never know. I was really surprised Before because my mom. Before you wreck yourself. 
My mom is diabetic, so I thought like, oh crap, I need to check myself. But mine is actually too low, so not well, then then have a cookie. Yes, cookies, cookie, cookie. Okay, let's move on. <sighs> this is really one dude that needs to get backhanded. Uh, who, David Boy? <laughs> <laughs> a man in China has sued his ex-wife for giving birth to what he called a quote-unquote incredibly ugly baby girl. <laughs> yes. Oh, he divorced his wife because of that? He sued her. Oh, sued her? He sued his ex-wife. <laughs> Let's see if I can say this right. Jiang Bang quotes that he married his wife out of love, but that as soon as they had their first daughter, they were having marital issues. And the daughter was incredibly ugly to the point where it horrified him. At first, he thought that his wife was being unfaithful and the baby wasn't his because he couldn't, <laughs> he couldn't imagine that he could have fathered such an unattractive child. Well, DNA testing proved that the baby was, in fact, his. But he sued on grounds of false pretenses because it seems that before they, he met his wife, his wife had, gone, had undergone extensive plastic surgery in uh. South Korea. See. So the surgery had apparently completely transformed her into this lovely beauty, and this man felt like he got gypped. Because the baby really still has the genes. Yes. So uh, he went to court. So he sued this woman. The courts agreed him with him, nah. and the judge ordered his ex-wife to pay him the sum of $127,000. Oh my God! I, do you have a picture of that baby? Only in China, dude. No. This this stuff you can pull it off in China. Can you believe it? Here you can't. Or is that Korea? No, this is in China. But she got the surgery in South Korea. Because in in the U.S., dude, you can't even look at a person and call them ugly because it's it's, it's Cause, political correct. Because you're all beautiful. No, because eh? political correctness. You can't even look at someone sideways and they'll freaking sue your ass. I can't believe that. That judge, eh? If someone's ugly, they're ugly. You call them ugly, it's freedom of speech. But you ever see those Asian movies, man? They're, they're pretty mean, eh? Like like men uh, towards Yeah, women. there's a lot of misogyny going on in that freaking country. What? Misogyny. You know, hate for I like that oh, word. I was like, you happy, like that word? I do. How could you like it? It's hate for women. It's <laughs> No, I don't like the word. I just like how it sounds. Misogyny. Hey, baby. Yeah. Like, let me misogyny you. Hey, Jackie. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Jackie, little role-playing. Our guest sorry. seems to really pick up what kind of role we, we go in here. We like to talk about sex. How, how about a little misogyny, baby? <laughs> it's such a terrible word. Would I make it sounds so good, though. Really? <laughs> I <laughs> anyway, like how it sounds. China and a lot of those um, Eastern Bloc uh, Asian countries are very, you know, misogynistic. Yeah. Well, there you go. This guy was awarded a hundred. Is that where they have all those parlors over here with the happy endings? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. Hey, you know, I went to one of those one time. I never got a happy ending, eh? Did you really? You yeah. went a bunch of times. Then you one got, time, eh? Oh, I thought you said then a bunch of You got gypped, dude. <laughs> I know they gypped me, eh? Uh, so there you go. So this little that was a long time ago, baby. Really. <laughs> really, like three months ago, I swear. Oh, Charlie, man. <laughs> but then he got married and he lived happily ever after. So we'll see what this uh, poor baby. She's going to grow up knowing that her dad said that she was so ugly, it horrified him. Uh, so Terry, Terry Wentz chimes in and he says, Sorry, Angel, I called you ugly one day. Please don't sue me. 
Yeah, he is ugly, right, Terry? But I am, Holmes. I'm a guy, eh? We're we not supposed to be pretty, eh? No, and trust me, Angel's not pretty. Nah, Charlie, man. You will never confuse him for pretty. He's not pretty. He's handsome. Ah, Jackie says I'm handsome, Terry. <laughs> y que, Holmes? Sue says, my, my, it's getting hot in that garage. Thanks for chiming in, Sue. Trust me, it's hot in here. We're already it always get, is. We're taking our clothes off already. Already. Yeah, Jackie started. <laughs> She's the first one who starts. All right, uh, what are we going on? We're we moving on. We're we taking a phone call. Yes, uh, so we have some exciting news to share. Trio Ellas, who was a, a guest here in our own Tio Luis's uh, garage, yeah. is nominated for a Latin Grammy, which is tomorrow in Las Vegas. Awesome. It's awesome. so Awesome. Right on. So we we have a call here with uh, 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 Stephanie from Trio A. Stephanie, are you there? Yes, sir. Hi, Stephanie. This is Jose from Twin Talk with Jose and Angel. Congratulations on your nomination for the Latin Grammy. Thank you very much. Hey, so so how does it feel? Um, I don't know. Well, it's cool. It's obviously really cool. <laughs> We um, are pretty surprised because we are such an indie group and the other people in the category are like Pepe Aguilar, for example. Wow. uh, I know, but it's it's really cool to know that uh, the music industry pays attention to people like us. What's the the category? Best Ranchero Album. Best Ranchero Album, nominated up there with the likes of Pepe Aguilar, who's a Grammy winner himself. That's fantastic. And a legend. And, uh, you know, but these girls are a legend. No, so what happens? Okay, regardless of what happens tonight, my dear, how, how do you, what do you do next? What do you do next with this? You go to Twin Talk with Jose and Angel, <laughs> eh? <laughs> yeah, no, um, the, the awards are tomorrow night. But, um, what's, you know, what's next? I don't know. Honestly, I'm just as curious to know what's next. So, so you're in Vegas. The next uh, Stephanie, you're in Vegas right now, right? Yes, sir. And uh, it's kind of a big buzz over there at the Grammys. Uh, um, pe- yeah, I'm looking at the line right now. <laughs> uh, so everybody hitting you up <clears throat> saying, hey, where's the twins? <laughs> yeah, I know. That's Everybody keeps asking about you guys. So let, and, let, our, let, our, let our listeners know uh, about the album or track of for which you were nominated. Uh, tell us about it. Um, the album, the, the entire album is nominated for Best Ranchero Album of the Year. Um, and basically we just took, um, you know, a lot of classics, a lot of um, really deep regional stuff like some old boleros and, and some, you know, like Huasteca stuff, and we revamped it into our own style. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, they're all our own arrangements and... and Hopefully, you know, seems people people dig it, <laughs> which we're excited about. And um, yeah, we gave it our own kind of twist. We added our own influences that you know that have been going on in our lives, like gypsy jazz, or you know, uh, like the Andrews Sisters or flamenco. Or right on. I just want to tell our listeners, Stephanie, for those of who who don't know, uh, Trio Ellas is uh, three hot chicks out of. East L.A., I don't know if it's East L.A., the L.A. area, uh, that have, uh, uh, have taken uh, the, the, the classic uh, rancheras 
and made it their own. And, and really, made it their own, and they rock it, eh? Uh, you know what? We want to congratulate you. We want to congratulate you guys for for uh, achieving this success. You are always been um, awesome with us, and we appreciate it. Uh, we hope that you guys can come even after you win the Grammy tomorrow. Knock, knock. <laughs> and come back to Teal We feel Lucy's like we Grammy. already won because we're just nominated, and we don't even have a record label. And we're nominated with, you know, Shaila Durkal and, you know, Pepe Aguilar and Pedro Fernandez. So, but right. anyway, yes. Right on. We'll, things oh. will continue in L.A. As, as usual, I'm sure. Right on. So, so what? Wrap it up. <laughs> Goodbye, Miss. <laughs> hey, uh, tell tell uh, Suemi and uh, what's the, the other the other lovely lady's name? Um, tell them all we said hello. Tell them Good. we said hello. Congratulations. I'll put you on speaker Kelly, right here. Hey, girls. Uh, Jackie, Jose, and Angel. We love you guys. Congratulations. Congratulations. Rock Vegas. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Thank Good you. night, ladies. Good night. Good, Good night. night. And that's a little bit, a little bit sound of uh, Trio Ellas as they perform uh, one of their gigs uh, locally recently. We want to congratulate them. Uh, are we going to go on? We're going on to the next some more dirty laundry. So, Jackie, back to news and dirty laundry. I'm, I'm really proud of them. Oh, did I kill your mic? Let's go. Oh, there you go. I'm back. And then she's <laughs> uh, Stephanie is. Pregos. She is. She's, she's Pregos, and she looks beautiful. I saw her actually on a morning show and where she was performing, and she had her charro outfit, and she looked gorgeous. Yeah, I do want to say that, that these girls rock those charro outfits like nobody's business. And you're right. She's got this, like, third trimester belly going on, and she still looks fantastic. Mm-hmm. She looks great. Congratulations, I, girls. Right on. All right, what's going on now? All right, guys. Let's get some good old face slapping on. <laughs> it seems like a new San Francisco massage parlor is offering a pricey beauty treatment that can lift more than, uh, well, just your eyebrows. <laughs> it includes a $350 slap in your cara. It advertises the face slapping treatment, which includes rigorous slapping, pinching, and smoothing as a natural alternative to chemical skin firming treatment. So they're smacking women in the face? They're what men, do I sign up for men this? Men and women. They're smacking them up. It seems <laughs> like the owner claims the method has been passed down for generations to generations from Thailand. Hey, so how do you Those think? Hey, so it. how do you think I keep my ass so firm, eh? <laughs> Angel, didn't I? T- I told you this is a misogynist culture. Yeah, they man. come up with my any face. way to smack women around and tell them, "Oh, look, hey, honey, <laughs> it's a new beauty twi- treatment." <laughs> <laughs> oh man! She claims the treatment promises to make patrons so beautiful that their beauty will charm everyone, and that the method's effectiveness might be questionable. However, it's gained a lot of popularity from Thailand and has moved over here. And it's extremely exclusive because it is this per- <laughs> this particular parlor is only the one of ten licensed face slappers in the world. You need a license for that shit. You need a license oh, for this man. kind of treatment. Uh, it's of course a hundred percent natural beauty treatment. Can, can you can you get like a, a driver's permit first? And then <laughs> no, no, no. It seems like it, it, it's. It's like this is my license, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> 
If you're stupid like enough that. to go, see, women, I want to be in like. Where do you train for this? For <laughs> where need, do you do? Where can you take classes for this and train? East for LA, it? dude. Your I, uniform is a, a wife beater. I don't think I need <laughs> beginners. I don't think I need the beginners. I think I need the advanced. Yes, because you're a pretty good. Yes, slapper. Like I got this shit. <laughs> get on it. I tell you what. See what women. See how vanity goes to an extreme when it comes to women. Come on, women. Really, really, you're getting your guys tucked and pulled and yanked and stitched and and slapped. Yes. Now that's more demeaning <laughs> than getting tucked and and and, and nipped. But both men and women slap do it, it too. Baby. But that a, is demeaning. Women, it's an organic. It. It's an organic beauty treatment, aren't we all yeah, for that? Yeah, that's what. How I'm, come we like organic. organic sex toys, but we can't do organic, you know, facelifts? Yeah, what's up with that? Eh? Okay, come here. Let me slap you. Uh, no, I'm okay. <laughs> <laughs> now you change your still shoes. young, eh? She I looks like, feel like my face hit is us up really, in a few years. It's really firm, my skin. <laughs> One of our really listeners firm. says on Facebook, hey, I can do it for free. Contact me on Facebook. I'm with you. <laughs> I'm totally with you. Uh, so, yeah, so this is, like I said, it's extremely exclusive, this um, spa. <laughs> it's not exclusive. Massage I'll parlor. slap you. It's the one and only in the Western Hemisphere. So you want to get your face slapped on and you don't want to. I could do it for free. Just an <laughs> FYI. But if you want to spend $350 for it, orale, go. Well, you know what? I used to go to this barber when I used to cut my hair. And it was uh, when I lived over in Rolling Heights. You know, there's a lot of Korean there. <laughs> and this lady, they used to, after they shaved me, you know, the straight shaving and everything. She slapped you. The, dude, the, the barber would put the seat back, recline it all the way back. And then this lady comes and she puts this hot towel on my face. And she used to bang my chest, eh? Your chest? Yeah. Your she chest? started hitting my chest and pulling my arm like a, like a rag doll. I don't know what she did, but man, I felt like Baba. The Baba was coming out. <laughs> my my saliva was coming out at the end of that, dude. It was great. See, that's the thing. You know why they put bucks, Do you eh? know why they put the towel on your face? No, because they're laughing it up each time they <laughs> hate you, dude. That's why I'm telling you, this is ridiculous. It's another way that slap your women face. It's like making fun of all the vain women in the world. Watch, I'm gonna come up with a quote unquote exclusive way to smack a woman around, and she's gonna pay me for it. I um so in it's this, ridiculous. And it, ridiculous. It, it seems like in theory this treatment, like I said, will f- lift and firm your complexion. I don't know how, but according to this article, it says that some believe a similar method confirm and enhance the breast size as well. So I really slap them and then it enhances it. Yes, I don't know how. How about suck on the titties? They'll then they'll get larger. <laughs> But that's not a, a long-term thing. How can Neither it, is slapping. That's the thing. It's not long-term. You slap any girl on the face, she's going to get rosy oh, cheeks. Well, and go, you can go. What do they do? It they doesn't pinch, ha- it when doesn't, they go to, they want to go to a prom without to too me, much makeup. The, the firming and enhancing the breast size seems a lot more fun than the firming your face. You like boobs. I do. Tell me, what is that a, fixation? It on doesn't boobs have to be long-term. <laughs> Hold on, brother. I'm talking. What that fixation on boobs? I don't know. I like boobs. When did you realize that you like boobs? I don't know. Do you, do you like I, it? I like mine. So Really? Yeah. I, I'd love to say my I like boobs, yours. My boobs are awesome. <laughs> are they? They're really, they're lovely. I get, I get it. You At get, first, you know when you're a teenager and you're, you just don't get why guys like boobs? <laughs> I didn't get it. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure you guys didn't have a problem with it, but I didn't get it. Well, <laughs> I didn't get it right away until, you know, you feel yourself up and you're like, 
Oh, oh my God. that's why. Uh, now what? Right on, eh? What, There's nothing you, wrong with loving yourself. Do you like? Alcohol? We all love ourselves, and as we should. So, so do you slap them to keep them perfect? I don't. <laughs> I don't. But however, when I read this article, I was like, hmm. <laughs> so no wonder she was slapping herself on the way up the driveway today. <laughs> and look, if you want, I don't know how aggressive you need to get though, because this face slapping, <laughs> it, it it don't is they don't hold back. So for your boobs, I... Here, babe, listen, I'll do it for you because I know you'll need an angle on it. You you can't really do it on yourself. That's true. I got an angle, and I'll, I've seen your backhanded technique that you've talked yes. about. The up, upward. I, I, the, the squatting up. Yeah, I'll do that for you. And the T-bar one. Yeah, I'll do that. Okay, so we, we do the squatting up. I'll do the squatting up, and then okay. I'll do a T-bar with two hands. Oh! And then, some, then, I'll, call, and then I'll do something called the wiggle, wiggle, biggle, biggle. Hey, well, you know, Lourdes <laughs> says, hey, I can do it for free. <laughs> With the boob one or the face one, Lourdes? Because now we've gotten into a, a two-way thing here. Be specific, baby. <laughs> All right, guys. All right, so what do we got going on next, bro? What's that? No, this thing's making noise over here. That's why I can't hear myself. Okay. So are we still doing using dirty laundry or what? Yeah, she's done. Okay. She's done, ladies so, and gentlemen. So let's say bye to Jackie on this. Ladies and gentlemen, that's uh, straight out of NBC and Telemundo. Our friend, a, a, a multimedia journalist, our very own Jackie Costas with the News and Dirt Laundry. Thank you very much, Jackie. Sure. Thank you. And hey, happy birthday. Happy birthday to you. Thank happy you. birthday to you. Happy birthday to Jackie. <laughs> happy birthday to you. When we come back, we're going to have Pam Larry, the writer, the creator, the Bioengineer of, of the uh, <laughs> Label GMO uh, uh, Foods Initiative. We'll be right back. And welcome back to Twin Talk with Jose and Angel. I'm Jose. And I am 
Angel. And we broadcast every week. <laughs> Let me finish saying my name, eh? You said Angel. No, well, yeah, but you interrupted it at me. Anyway, we'll broadcast every week from uh, Theo Luis's Garage on TwinTalkCast.com. For the next five weeks or so, we'll be doing this um, on a Wednesday night versus uh, Tuesday nights. Wednesdays at 7 p.m. for the next five on, weeks. On hump day, so you could hump a twin today. Eh? After five weeks, we'll go back to <laughs> Tuesday nights. But anyways... <laughs> Uh, we want to let you guys know that you can chat us up on Facebook on Twin Talk Show. Friend us or chat us up on Twitter at Twin Talk Show. Or call us. At 626-275-8946. Anyways, we're back, bro. Yeah, but uh, before you call us, we're taking a call right now. Uh, uh, like we told you earlier, the uh, we have on the phone the initiator of the uh, label GMO Foods Ballot Initiative, uh, which was uh, eventually turned into Proposition 37, which, as you as you all know, did not pass. Uh, but uh, we're going to talk to Pam Larry. Pam, are you there? I am. How are you doing? <laughs> Hi, Pam. Thanks for being on Twin Talk with Jose and Angel. This is Jose. And I'm Angel. Hey. <laughs> Hi. Really honored, to, really honored that you're with us again. Um, this initiative... Uh, Obviously, uh, this bill didn't get passed by uh, a bunch of people in California. Uh, I will say it. I'm going to say it out loud. Uh, I'm going to say that the same people that are banning styrofoam cups and putting small businesses out of business, and they're banning plastic bags because they care more about the environment, don't really care about what they're putting in their mouths. Is that, is that, isn't that the case? Well, I, I don't know that that's the case. I think that what happened was, you know, we were up against, I don't think of what happened, but I know what happened. We were up against the six largest chemical companies on the planet and the largest junk food <laughs> companies on the planet. They sunk $45 million into a, you know, ad campaign that was full of lies and deception. I mean... Just for instance, they put out a, uh, a mailer that said it was from the Democratic Party. And, wow. um, uh, you know, like a little ballot thing to take to the ballot. Wow. And they had, you know, yes on Obama, yes on 30, no on 32. But then they put no on 37 when, in fact, the Democratic Party had endorsed our campaign. So, and there were other mailers like that, and their ads were the same, and they just confused people. Uh, so it was a good lesson, you know, it was a good lesson, and, um, you know, it's, it's unfortunate, but, you know, what's happening is this, uh, this amazing upswell of outrage over their deceptions and lies. So uh, it's actually, some, some are saying it's a blessing. Pam, yeah. I, I want to ask you, you know, like on a personal level, on Election mm -hmm. Day, were you like biting your nails? Like, were you, like, stressing no. out? They're organic, after all. <laughs> how right, how right. was it? Because I was stressing out, you know. I, you know, tell me about, you know, what was it like that day? It was like watching your kid at bat on the game of the World Series, ninth inning, bottom of the ninth <laughs> inning, two outs. The game is on the line. Is that what it felt like? <laughs> no, actually, um you know, the truth is, is that about mid, I don't know, maybe the beginning of October when they started with, the, you know, their lies and stuff, I just had this realization that, you know, there was a chance that we were going to win at the ballot box just because they're so slick at what they do. And it occurred to me in kind of like this flash of insight that we had already won. 
Mm. That no matter what happened at the election, you know, we had won because we have completely changed. We have a conversation now about genetically engineered stuff in the United States, and we never did before. Um, you know, people never talked about it. If they talked about it, it was always under the, you know, the PR show stuff, you know, about feeding the world and, the, you know, the misinformation about, you know, fewer pesticides when in fact there are more now. And, you know, we're completely believing the, you know, the, the massive PR campaign that, that biotech has been putting out for so long. But now we've got an honest conversation that's gotten started. And so just that, I mean, even when we started working on this last year, when we were out on the streets, nobody even knew what these were. Yeah, yeah. And now most people have at least heard about them. So we've, we've done more in this past year and a half than had been done in decades. So we've won. Uh, you know, they can't take that away. And even with all of their lies and all of their money, they only won by a six-point spread. That's it. Right. So oh. they're on notice. They are on notice that they're vulnerable. Because they, they didn't know who they were messing with, huh, Pam? Pam. Um, no, I, they I, did not. Right I mean, on. Um, a couple people. A couple things. Um uh, obviously, uh, you saw the ad campaigns campaigns by the uh, your adversary, and uh, a mm -hmm. lot of them were talking about the miss uh, about the uh, confusion and not labeling uh, some foods while labeling others. I have a question from one of our listeners on Facebook right now. Marisol Mendez says, "asks Why are some foods exempt from labeling?" Well, the th the truth is is that all of those were um, like things like, so say like alcohol. So alcohol doesn't have a label, and it is governed by very clear rules at the federal level. We couldn't mess with that, okay? Uh, one of the things that you have to keep in mind with this initiative is that we knew it would, if it passed, it would have been challenged, and so we had to be very clear about what was covered and what was not. So another one of the exemptions that they lied about, they would say things like, you know, the beef in your pet food will have to be covered, but not steaks. That was a blatant <laughs> lie. Wow. Right now, yeah, it's just blatant lie. You so, know, I mean, and, and what I found out is that you can lie like that in a political campaign in California, and it doesn't matter. It's completely legal. So the answer is, <laughs> the, so the answer, Pam, is that in order to come up with a viable bill, one that was more uh, uh, solvent, you had to... to uh, uh, you had to make it pretty simple, I guess, is the answer. Well, it, in order to, you had to be clear because, see, what could happen is, is that after it was voted in, somebody could come along and say, well, you know, what about restaurant food? You know what I mean? Well, what about this? You know, and nullify the whole law. Okay, so what I like to say about, you know, that was another interesting ad they had. Well, you know, the pizza in the grocery store would have to be labeled, but the pizza from a pizza store would not. <laughs> well, I don't know about you guys, but when was the last time you got a pizza from a pizza place that had all the ingredients listed on the box? <laughs> it doesn't happen. Hey, it I doesn't happen. You know, you get something, you know, you get a plate of food at a restaurant. It doesn't come with a label with every ingredient. I have an idea, you know, Pam. But, I have an idea, Pam. Yes? Uh, they beat you with a pretty... Pretty simple, simple campaign. I mean, their message was pretty simple. They all they did was stick to it. If I here's my idea: if you make me your campaign PR guy next time, this is what I would do. The commercials would show mom making uh, lunches for her their little grade school kids, but she'd be putting chemicals in their lunch boxes. 
and sending their kids <laughs> to school with chemicals. And then they'd say, would you do this to your kid? Because you are, and you might not even know it. You're right, br- right. Brilliant, Jose. Well, the thing is, is that we had a really great ad, and we were able to, you know, to, to run it the last 10 days of the campaign. And, you know, we had polled, and that one was actually the best one. Uh, you know, it brought people back. And, you know, I, the week before the election, we there was actually a poll through Pepperdine, which showed us with even lower numbers than we had, you know, come the election time. So the ad did its job. And if we had had more funding and had been able to get that ad and others out at an earlier date, then I believe we would have won hands down. Because one of the things that happened was when that ad campaign, when the opposition ad campaign, I mean, they flooded the airwaves two, three times an hour. You know, these liars would be on there. And we had no money to answer. But the minute we answered, even within just those 10 short days, we upped our numbers tremendously. So the thing is, is that this shows that people want labeling. They want to know what's in their food. I believe that labeling is inevitable, and it's just a matter of when. And the neat part is, is that Washington State is gathering signatures as we speak. Vermont and Connecticut and New York are all poised to introduce legislation the beginning of the year when they're, when, you know, when their uh, Congresses and, you know, their state legislators come back. Awesome. You know, we're, we're going to regroup. We might try and get legislation again here in California. We might do another ballot initiative. We don't know what we're going to do. We're, we're meeting the beginning of December to figure out our course of action. And i got to tell you, they have awakened an even stronger beast. Yes. There's a coalition of 30 states that are moving forward, either with legislation or a ballot initiative. And, you know, biotech and junk food companies are on notice. They will have to label. They might as well just give up. <laughs> <laughs> and give us labeling that means something. Mm-hmm. We don't want something that's, a, you know, a pablum, you know, uh, false sense of security or, you know, a level, one of their twists or misconceptions or lies. It's time for them to be transparent about what they're feeding us. Awesome. It's time uh, for them to open it up. Uh, yeah. Pam, th- thank you so much. I, I, uh, this is Angel. I, I just want to thank you for the, uh, for, Taking the initiative and starting uh, the whole, this movement, if you will, uh, I thank you, you for, the, for the inspiration and inspiring and uh, a, a whole mo- a whole movement. And uh, please tell uh, our listeners where they can get more information and how they can become part of this movement. You bet. So labelgmos.org was the original grassroots website. We have resurrected it. We've got some work to do on it, but that's the best way to get a hold of us if you want to do action on the ground. Watch the Organic Consumer Association tomorrow. I guess I can make a little bit of an announcement. We're announcing a boycott. So for all the folks that are frustrated and upset, we have a way for you to channel your your energy all around the country. Right on. So, um, yeah, organicconsumers.org, but visit labelgmos.org. And we'll have information on it on the homepage by the end of the day tomorrow. Okay, that's labelgmos.org or organicconsumers.org. Thank you, Pam. Thank you so much. You bet. Let's be in touch. Thank you. Keep the good fight. All right, you, you take care. Okay, right. bye. bye. Uh, you know what? Uh, the interesting thing, bro, by the way, uh, we, we urge our listeners to uh, to really just start paying attention because 
Um, they're putting a lot of junk in our food. Uh, you know what? While uh, Monsanto was so busy uh, spending money fighting the cause here in, um, in California, uh, in Washington, Washington State actually passed a no-grow GMO. Yes. Also, uh, there's a community in Oregon that's fighting um, uh, the uh, no-grow in their community as well because they're trying to move in and grow some GMOs there. And I think that California should be the leader in this because California, for goodness sake, they're going to ban styrofoam cups because they care of Mother Earth, but they don't care about what they're putting in their kids' mouths. It's ridiculous. Right on. Anyway, so um, that's it. That's Pam Larry from uh, uh, the GMO situation, uh, whatever you want to call it. But anyways, we'll be, uh, we'll be right back. Rock en Español for a Cause. Join us, Jose and Angel, as we host the Giving Hope for the Future Rock Show, Friday, November 23rd at The Joint in Los Angeles, California, with performances by the cool barrio sound of El Sonido Callejero. And off the heels of the Tritone Music Fest, the romantic rockers, Son Soler. So join us at the Hope for the Future Rock Show, Friday, November 23rd, at The Joint in Los Angeles, California. This show will benefit A Place Called Home, a nonprofit organization that helps kids. So join us, Los Twins, at Giving Hope for the Future Rock Show, and rock with El Sonido Callejero and Son Soler. And... At the uh, Giving Hope for the Future Rock Show, Friday, November 23rd at the Joint, 8771 West Pico Boulevard, Los Angeles, California, 90035. For info, call 310-259-3158 or go to www.arteandmusic.bz. That's Giving Hope for the Future Rock Show, Friday, November 23rd. Be there, y'all. Okay, so ladies and gentlemen, now it's time for a segment that I like to call my Patriot Act. Because you know what? We need to exercise our rights. And our rights are like muscles. If you don't exercise them, they will shrink. And in, in, in the spirit of free expression, I have this segment every week. I'm not going to tell you I told you so. I won't gloat. I care too much about you and you and you and all Americans to be so selfish, but you get what you pay for. And as soon as we, and soon enough, we will all have to pay. What did we get? What was sold to us by the biased, irresponsible media, by the double speak of a novice leader and his divisive speak, by a juggernaut propaganda machine, the likes of which hasn't been seen since the rise of a Nazi regime in Europe? Division. Separationism. Us versus them. Didn't you buy into it? How he says they have to pay their fair share. How you are broke because they are rich. And how about those people want to kill your right? They are out of touch. They are not like us. Where have we heard that before? 
one very charismatic leader who also promised change, yet sought to divide his people by exalting his idea of a perfect citizen. And how many bought into that? Not six million. Will you? That was my brother with his Patriot Pass speaking some heavy words, eh? <laughs> right? I just want to say, I don't totally agree with you, but that's your thing, so está bien. It's, it's a freedom of expression, and it's I'm exercising it. Because exercise. I realize... I realize... I do agree with the separate separateness, because you, you've been listening to my chill lounges, eh? Whatever, dude. All I know is that because <laughs> I didn't exercise my, my right to expression on Facebook... For many months, and once I started to, you started throwing a fit. That's where my Patriot Pass got started, my man. Anyways, what we got going on next? Uh, well, since we are going to be at the uh, uh, Gift to the Future or Hope for the Future uh, uh, rock show, we're hosting that on uh, November 23rd, uh, <clears throat> Friday, November 23rd at the Joint. Um, uh, I, I I have the on the phone uh, Melinda from A&M Entertainment, who is putting this together and uh are you there melinda yes i'm here hi melinda this Hello. is Ho- hi this is jose from twin talk with jose and angel thanks so much for being on our radio show hey, hold on a second why you always gotta jump in like that and shit because it's my radio show no it's our radio twin show. talk with Chale, jose man. and angel yeah because i let you eh? So whatever eh? <laughs> what is this vato stuff a a a a that's the name b again <laughs> anyhow um uh i tell uh, um, Melinda, what yeah, is what is it? Who is that? A and M Entertainment. Well, um, you know what, Arturo and I started off uh, with trying to create like a company, and so then we we figured, you know what, it could be Arturo and Melinda Entertainment. <laughs> but it can it can also be you know viewed as since I love art, and I'm a photographer, so it's also incorporated with the art and the music. So we left it at Arte y Musica Entertainment. Right on. And uh, uh, so what does A&M do? What do you guys do? So we're basically an independently owned entertainment company. Mm-hmm. We produce events. Uh, we have uh, been promoting, managing, and booking international and local bands. We also have um, been, uh, you know, contributing to a lot of events and uh, been able to work with AG Live and Live Nation. And we've brought Victimas of Dr. Cerebro. I don't know if you know who they are, uh-huh. but uh, they're a band from Mexico. We've, we've been able to work with them and produce events with them, and we've been able to do a lot of the events in, in, like in the Hollywood area, so, Key Club, Roxy. So, so why this fundraiser? Tell us about this fundraiser coming up on the 23rd. Okay. Uh, the fundraiser... Uh, you know what? We have been wanting to do a fundraiser like this for a long time, and we have been researching for months, and we found the, this great place online called A Place Called Home. They work with kids in almost every field that has to do with art and music. They show them how to play instruments, dance, and work with each other. And just to see the kids' smiles makes us want to 
keep us even pushing the more, you know, the, the events and stuff and create more events. And then, you know, it's it, just been nice to, to be able to be part of it. So this event is uh, the the uh, Give to the uh, Hope for the Future Rock Show at the Joint on November 23rd is going to benefit a place called home. And uh, uh, tell us about the event. Well, the event, uh, we're having El Sonido Callejero. Uh, it's a band that I book and manage. It's been uh, around for like a year and a few months. They're, they play ska, rock, cumbia, and reggae, and norteño. Um, and also we're having Son Soles. They were just featured um, to perform at um, Reventón Superestrella, which they're really an old-time uh, friends of mine that I've been working with for a lot of years. And I really love both of the bands. So... Um, they're going to be performing. We're going to have a DJ as well. And it's going to be held at the joint in West LA in mm-hmm. Pico. Mm-hmm. It's 21 and over. The tickets are $7 pre-sale, $10 at the door. And um, it's all going, all these contributions going towards the foundation. So, you know, it'd be great for people to come out and support this this cause right on so we're gonna so uh we're gonna go rock out for a cause eh so when i buy a beer there at the at the joint it's gonna go some of the proceeds are gonna go to apch right a place called home huh actually we had to work out a deal with the venue that all the the bar sales are gonna go to the actual venue and Uh, the door and the proceeds for the the door are just gonna go to the the place called home because they have to cover costs too. So of course. that was yeah. Of course, so no. that's how we're working. There. Okay, well, no problem. Well, you know what? Uh, tell everybody the address and uh, uh, of the place and uh, what time. Yeah, the address is. Oh my god, I can't believe it. I guess I don't have it in front of me. I got Hold it. on, let me go get it. <laughs> I got oh, it. Didn't? It's eight seven seven one West Pico Boulevard in Los Angeles, California nine zero zero three five. And uh, they can call you at 310-259-3158 for more information. Melinda, thanks for calling in and look forward to seeing you guys on the 23rd. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. Okay. Talk to you later. Okay. Bye. And here's a track called La Fuerza Humana by El Sonido Callejero. They will be there on the 23rd. We'll see you there. We'll be right back with... A pot grower, man. A pot <laughs> grower. Right on. Estamos viviendo en un momento entre fronteras y paredes como presos. Es mejor morir luchando que estar de rodillas siendo humillado. El pasado será el pasado, pero nunca olvides el derecho como humano. Si tú quieres, únete conmigo. Cambiaremos el futuro. Decisiones de este mundo son casadas por gobiernos y panadas día a día para robarse nuestras vidas. Si seguimos sin unir, no, no podremos defendernos, estaremos para siempre de rodillas. Son las cosas de la vida que tenemos que enfrentar así los miedos que nos pare con la lucha. Las razones son bastantes lo que pasa a sus soldados. Hay que unirnos hoy. Mío, que ya llegó la hora, es el tiempo de momento para ver de qué estás hecho. La fuerza mala. 
siempre juntos no se crean de mentira, nunca pierdan el camino la esperanza. No hay excusa para mí, no da pelea contra ellos que no quiere todo el tiempo separado. Siempre fuerte con la frente hasta arriba, no podrá contra nosotros nunca más en esta vida. Ha llegado tu momento para ver de qué estás hecho, la fuerza más. Yeah, La Fuerza Humana by uh, El Sonido Callejero. They're going to rock the show next Friday, man. I can't wait. Eh? Also, if you want to catch them, they were on our radio show on Twin Talk with Jose and Angel on one of our previous co podcasts. Check it out on TwinTalkCast.com. And they're going to be here next week, actually. They're going to be here in Theo Luis's garage, and they're going to do a song, uh, I guess. They're going to perform. Is it acoustic when you play the acordeón también? Yeah, it's acoustic. acoustic. It's not electric. It's not electric. So check, be here, eh? check them out next week on Twin Talk with Jose and Angel. We are broadcasting from Theo Luis's Garage. We do it every week. For the next five weeks, we'll be doing it on Wednesday nights because uh, I'm on assignment. Gentlemen, put so on you, your headphones and your mics. So you could hump us on Wednesdays. <laughs> uh, so uh, we want to remind you all that you can listen to us on TwinTalkCast.com and that uh, you can check out all our previous podcasts and uh, we can... Uh, Uh, you can subscribe to them on TwinTalkCast.com. Also, throughout the show, feel free to give us a call at 626-275-8946 and friend us on Facebook and chat us up on Facebook. Anyway, now uh, next on our show, as we had uh, been telling you uh, all throughout the show, we have a couple of very interesting guests in the, um, in the spirit of educating, enlightening, and entertaining you all. Um, I figured I'd invite a couple of people. Um, first off, we have uh, Mark O'Hara. He is a longtime California-based national political consultant, and he is executive director of the Patient Care Alliance in Los Angeles. We'll ask him a little bit more about that, but it has to be what do with uh, medical marijuana. Also, having to do with the cannabis the medicinal marijuana, and the actual cultivation and growing of it. We have uh, another gentleman in the Ulysses Garage with us right now. Uh, he will go by the name of Charles because— uh, And we're pixelating his face. <laughs> we, don't want, we don't want the DEA to come in right now. So uh, his name is Charles, and he is actually a uh, grower of, of um, medicinal marijuana, and he has several— several uh, uh, facilities. Anyways, <laughs> gentlemen, thank you so much for being here. Oh, thank you. Thank you for having me. Right on. All right. Let me turn this up a little bit. Turn uh, these guys up. Let me, let me, first of all, Charles, speak up so we, I get. Yep. Can you hear me? There, I hear you. And uh, um, my, that's my daughter bringing me some tea. Thank you, daughter. <laughs> your daughter and your granddaughter. That's my daughter and my grandchild right there. Orale, look at that big old tummy, baby. <laughs> You're ready to blow, eh? <laughs> anyway, so uh, uh, and Marco, thank you for being here with us. Uh, uh, thank you, I, uh, 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 Charles. I'm sorry, Charles and Marco. <laughs> and uh, Marco, I asked you uh, uh, earlier on to give me a little bio, and you sent me a bio. You told me that you're with uh, Patient Care Alliance. Tell people what Patient Care Alliance is. It's Patient Care Alliance Los Angeles. We go by PCALA. And it is the trade association representing the collectives and dispensaries that serve the patients, hundreds of thousands of patients here in L.A. and throughout the Southland. So you're talking about patients who are uh, taking uh, medicinal marijuana. Correct. 
Um, what what what's the purpose for the uh, the alliance? What what exactly do you do? Well, as you know, the medical marijuana industry has been a subject of ridicule. It's been alleged to be part of criminal enterprises. There's all sorts of bad PR there about what actually is business. That's an alternative medical field. People are serving patients that have spasticity, autism, uh, trouble with cancer, any number of ailments. In fact, you go back in the literature, 9,000 years doctors have been describing uh, some form of cannabis uh, or another. And uh, here in L.A., we feel like it's time for this industry uh, to get out there and be both its own shield and its own sword. And a trade association is organized to promote the industry, to raise the standards of the industry, to have a more professional, more transparent, and more cooperative industry that uh, flourishes and helps people get better when they're sick. You know, uh, it's true. You know what? Uh, I, uh, it's good for my stomach in the mornings, eh? You know, when your stomach's <laughs> kind of turned. I'm not kidding you, eh? It, just, it, works, it works great. Okay, so w- the... the re- the reason why I wanted to bring you here is because obviously I, I've told you, I think I, I might have mentioned it to you. My brother and I are very different. We have our, our radio show is based on our on our differences. The fact that we are identical twins, but we're different. Well, you have a face for radio, which is nice. <laughs> <laughs> now, I, I, I'm, I'm the skeptic. I'm the guy that you have to convince. Uh, well, I'm out there to, co- you know, we are out there to convince folks, and I can tell you this, because of the bad actors, the people who get busted, they're basically pot dealers with a neon sign in some storefront, people have taken that to be representative of the industry. But if you walk into a medical marijuana dispensary and you meet the patients and you hear the stories, I'll give you one example. There was a story on the front page of the L.A. Times column one story a few weeks ago about a father who had a son with profound spasticity. He would have 100 to 200 seizures a day. He had absolutely no quality of life. He was taking three or four dozen pills a day. It broke up the parents' marriage. Uh, the fellow lost his job. Just the overwhelming burden of having a child with such profound uh, ailments uh, was almost too much, but he wasn't broken. And so his story got a little bit of PR. A former investment banker who now lives up in the Bay Area in uh, the Stinson Beach area in Marin County, uh, has become a chemist of the medical marijuana uh, uh, field. He looks at the medicine. He d- understands the various cannabinoid profiles, which is sort of the different active ingredients in the medicine. And he came up with a formula that's not psychoactive, doesn't, quote-unquote, get you high. Interesting. And he started uh, contacting this fellow saying, I'd like to work with your son. In less than a year, this kid, spasticity, has almost completely disappeared. He's in school. He plays soccer. He has a life of a child that we would want for every child out there. And there is no other way that he could have come to this particular uh, period of of great health in his life had it not been for the use of this medicinal marijuana. In fact, let me just say this. Marijuana, as they call it, we call it cannabis or hemp, uh, is a medicine that has been prescribed by doctors for over 9,000 years. Mm Mm-hmm. And it was only because of PR, because of William Randolph Hearst trying to drive the hemp industry underground and out of business, Mm -hmm. that uh, the word marijuana ever got associated with cannabis. Mm -hmm. This is a great product that helps people in all sorts of ways. So what do you say to the person, the parent like myself, who says, hey, uh, okay, whatever, you know, uh, but I see a bunch of slackers, kids getting high who eventually uh, 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 grow uh, or advance from marijuana to other types of drugs, you know. <laughs> no, I'm I'm dead serious. This is, and I, and I say this with the utmost respect toward the bar- uh, the medicinal marijuana movement because I see the value in that. But I also, 
you know, I, I worry as a parent, one worries. Well, uh, as a parent myself and as a grandparent myself, I can tell you, I don't want kids under the age of 18 anywhere near this because it's unregulated uh, in the forms that they get it. It's grown by people who don't understand how to properly avoid mold and use uh, people who use toxic uh, chemicals uh, to get a higher yield. It's a very dangerous thing for kids to be around, and that's why our industry is 100% committed to providing this medicine for people over 21 or for, for children like this child who suffered from terrible spasticity with the specific permission of their parent and under the watchful eye of medical professionals. So one of the things our industry is out to do is to work with the government, with law enforcement, to identify the bad actors who simply want to sell drugs to kids. And we are strongly motivated uh, to figure out who the good guys are and who the bad guys are, work with the authorities to make sure that people who want to sell drugs are not part of this industry, and that's part of why I'm here today. How do you do that? I'm sorry, did you have a question? No, yeah, I, well, I did, but my brother always jumps in. I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry, brother. Go ahead, go ahead. Well, one of the things that we can do is uh, raise the professional standards of our industry and let the law enforcement leaders know that the folks who work with PCALA, who have that PCALA symbol in their window, are acting by a set of professional standards that they have agreed to as an organization. And that's things like no using the medicine out in front of a building. Keep locking it in your car when you travel. Locking, excuse me, locking it in your trunk when you travel. Uh, there's just a whole variety of things that can be done that uh, make it responsible w- drug use. Well, we call it responsible use well, of medicine. Well, it's like, we it's like it's any drug, like like uh, like your uh, you know your Valium. You don't let your kids sure. grab it. Sure. Well, uh, in in that regard, yes. And in fact, you're probably aware. And that's how I meant it. That wasn't okay. being facetious. All right, thank you for that. Uh, that's uh, one of the things that we're, you know, most proud of is that uh, we have made available uh, our uh, top lawyers, our top accountants. Uh, I'm a political consultant, uh, chemists who understand uh, the various, as I say, cannabinoid profiles. I know that sounds like sort of a fancy medical term, and it is, but basically you can measure the active ingredients in cannabis that have different effects on different kinds of medicine. We've made those folks available to all of the folks in our industry and said, if you want to come learn more about what you do, we would like to uh, make sure that you're as good a provider as you can possibly be, and then we've reached out to... Uh, the city council members, uh, to the county supervisors, and the law enforcement and said, look, we want to be partners with you in making sure kids can't get drugs, in making sure that drug dealers can't, uh, you know, pass themselves off as collectives and dispensary managers and owners. And, uh, you know, we're just trying to raise the, the ethical uh, uh, profile of our industry and let people know that, yes, some people do get a bogus uh, recommendation in fact, uh, one of the most famous uh, medical doctors in the field of recommendations advertises. She has billboards all over L.A. I went to visit with her, and I had a very thorough 75-second oh, interview in which uh-huh. I didn't tell her anything that was true. And wow. she issued me a, lic- uh, a medical recommendation. And, you know, it shouldn't be that way. You should go to a doctor, and you shouldn't be able to go to Venice Beach and I say agree. I have a bum knee. I oh. agree. You know what? I, I, I'm all for the uh, the uh, the. the uh, 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 Holding uh, these uh, uh, dispensaries and uh, um, providers uh, to the utmost standards, myself. But uh, uh, this is these are just you guys are just normal people that uh, uh, that are uh, forming an alliance. How how do we know that? What if there's what if there's like competition out there? You know, like uh, that that what you're doing. Uh, there is a federal government. Uh, uh, interesting. 
What's that? <laughs> yeah, the that is the competition. The, co- the federal government's competition. Well, what I Tell, was saying is, it's it. like, it's like you know, what if there's a, a person that is part of your organization and is competing with the guy two miles down uh, and then says, hey, well, they have lower standards. They're doing uh, things that they shouldn't be doing. Is that something that? Well, think about this. Uh, you know, the car dealerships uh, tend to organize themselves in automobile row. And is the guy at BMW happy about what's going on over there at Audi? Does the guy at Mercedes think his cars are better than the Acuras that are sold down the street? Within any industry, there's always going to be competition. But competition can be helpful to industry because it creates efficiencies that lower costs. And for patients, if they know that one place down the street is selling a medicine that they particularly like, a strain that has worked for their, say, insomnia, and they can get it for $5 cheaper for the same amount of medicine down the street, well, that's going to help everybody in the end. And so that puts um, pressure on people like Charles over here to uh, grow the best, most toxic-free, mold-free, high-active-ingredient-content uh, uh, medicine. And when people come into a store, they will see 10 or 20 different strains. And if you talk to a well-trained, what they call a bud tender, I think it's a plant bartender. I like if, it. If, if you talk to a well-trained bud tender, they will ask you, do you have suffer from headaches? Do you have, you can't eat because you're having chemotherapy? Or do you have, uh, you know, anxiety problems? Or what is your ailment? Are you having physical pain from, you know, a, a cracked disc or something? And they will give you a strain of medicine that has been proven to have a better effect on that particular ailment than, than something that would help you if you just had to sleep at night. So let's talk, let's talk to the grower. Let's talk to Charles. Um, he, he had mentioned, uh, uh, Marcos here mentioned about different strains and everything, and that's very interesting. But let, I want to first paint a picture. I, I, li- I just want to say to our listeners that uh, uh, Charles and uh, I'm sorry, Marco, Marco, their their eyes are not bloodshot. <laughs> they do not appear to be high. Okay, <laughs> so I actually don't have any ailments that uh, qualify me to take the medicine. Oh, right on, time, right so. on. So, uh, uh, Charles. First, I want to paint a picture to our people. Um, uh, let me ask you: Can you tell us about your business? Uh, how big is it? What, what do you you know? What do you care to tell us about uh, your medicinal marijuana business? Um, for the most part, they're pretty much they're supposed to be all the same. They're supposed to be not for profit organization. Just collectively, people coming together. Some people don't know how to cultivate, so some people do, and that's my part of it of contributing to the the organization is cultivating it. And others, you know, are in management, uh, the bud tenders, and uh, just some of the obvious stuff. So you're, then, you're a cultivator. You're cultivator, a cultivator, yes. What is a collective? A uh, collective is just a, a nonprofit, um, uh, what is that, 501c3 corp. So you are a 501c3 uh, corp. Yeah. You're yeah. not for profit. I, I'm, I'm part of one, yes. You're part of one. And you make, uh, and, you're, and you grow marijuana for medicinal uses. Yes. And so... Presumably, all of your marijuana that you grow goes to the dispensaries or, or whatever they're called. Yes, not uh, our dispensary. You have your own dispensary. Yes, we do. Yeah, I, as I, collect- collectively, we could only give it to each other. I understand. Okay, yeah. see, this is all kind of new to me. I was, I yeah. kind of got a piece of meal about it. So, how did you get started in this? See, this is the picture I get. Um, you're hanging <laughs> out with your friends. <laughs> And I'm, I'm going to be probably all wrong, but you, you, you're hanging out with your friends and you experiment with a little bit of drugs and you kind of think, oh, it's kind of cool to grow one. And all of a sudden you become the professional uh, kick-ass grower of bud. 
Is that how you got started? No, actually, I, I, I smoked marijuana when I was younger. Actually, the first time I was 12 years old. And I, then I stopped for a <laughs> while. Yeah, yeah, I was about 12. Yeah, I was junior <laughs> high, sixth grade. So did and my brother. Uh, <laughs> PCA opposes that, by the way. Yeah. I'd yeah, like to be on record about that. Yeah, Marco, by the way, Marco and Charles both no. came independently here. I asked them, invited them both here, though. But thank you for clarifying that. Yeah. No, I mean, it's a perfect example of, you know, I'm, I'm not a drug addict. I'm a perfectly, you know, upstanding citizen of society. And, you know, I didn't turn into, you know, a heroin addict or anything from smoking when I was 12 years old. But um, anyway, uh, I didn't smoke for a while. And then uh, I got involved uh, in real estate. And the person that I was dealing with in real estate, he was actually involved in the business. He, he was a grower. And then so at the same time, just being with him every day and talking about it, I was interested in it. And then I started to do it. And then I started to become a little bit more politically involved of going to organizations and seminars and educating myself and then that's when I realized that this was actually a movement that I was into and and I and I stood behind we talked uh, we talked before um, and you did say that you are you just mentioned that you really believe in the movement when did that happen for you because Again, I get the impression that you got involved in the cultivating of it because yep. it, yep. it might have been yeah. fun. Yeah, and in the beginning, like I said, I, I, I was really, you know, you had to be pretty stealth about everything that you did just because, you know, you didn't want to get caught up in anything. And, you know, especially uh, 10 years ago when I first started, you know, the, even the locals were still busting people a lot. And so we, we had to worry about the locals and the feds. Now it's really just the feds. So, right. you know, you stay small enough and you'll stay out of their radar. And so, um, yeah, when I got into it first in the beginning, because it was so stealth, I kind of had a, a negative experience in it because I felt like I was doing something wrong because I had to be that way. And then, the, like I said, the more and more I educated myself and the more and more I went to seminars and I was around doctors and scientists and people that actually figured out the science of this plant and the history of it, that's when I started to realize, like, oh, my God, I'm a part of something that's huge and it's changing people's lives. And I think that's what a lot of people are starting to realize is that there's a lot of people around them that are close to them that have diseases, that have certain illnesses, that every, every single pharmaceutical pill on this planet couldn't fix. And then this one plant that you could grow in your backyard will fix. And it has no side effects. So, I mean. Except for munchies. That, that's beautiful. Yeah, exactly. Hey, hey, <laughs> hey Charles, that's beautiful because I've been telling my brother this over and over when he turns off the music and he says, I am Jose Hernandez and I am vehemently against marijuana use, la da 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 recreation. The, 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 whole thing, the whole thing is the relationship that we have towards the herb. If, it, if one has it by the perception Dude, that you have. Dude, it's not your girlfriend. You don't have a relationship. But, with the, but the way that he not said Jesus he Christ put it, or he put it, he put it much you know, a little more eloquently than I did. He did. But, he that's, but that's because that's what I meant, brother. I know. He felt like you know he was kind of being stealth and he was kind of like, oh, I don't know. But then he realized that, hey, he's providing something. Uh, to, uh, yeah, but to you know what? Can, need it. One can rationalize a lot of things when you're doing that in order to not be. And no offense, but you know you can say that you can like okay, I'm, Jose. I'm, the federal government holds the patent on marijuana. The federal government has conducted countless really? studies for decades that have demonstrated over and over that it has medicinal use. So the f most obvious one that people are aware of is it helps with glaucoma. Mm -hmm. Obviously, people are suffering from the inability to eat because of the radiation or chemotherapy that they're getting. Mm -hmm. As you point out with the cookies that are going <laughs> smaller and smaller here, the, uh, the, it, it cures uh, th that problem of not being able yeah. to eat because it gives people the munchies. But I can tell you this as a person who spent a lot of time looking at the science – that there are 
just an untold number of things that this plant has demonstrated a capacity to help people resolve and ameliorate, and it is an alternative medicine of the highest order. It's like aspirin. People can't even explain the number of different things that can be resolved. Now, the federal government is after these uh, these cultivators because of what's called Schedule One, which is a definition of a narcotic drug that has no medicinal value whatsoever. Mm-hmm. And even the president of the United States, when he was campaigning for president the first time, said that's preposterous. That was the word that he used. And it's a preposterous notion that this has no medical value. So this schedule one And all the studies, by the way, we have funded and will never come to light because they don't want to talk about it. Mm. These are taxpayer-funded studies. That's a very good point, Charles. And I'll tell you this, that the money that has spent harassing people, Mm -hmm. jailing people, and criminalizing people who are simply involved in the under very strict regulations, the, the medical uh, uh, development of, the medical cultivation of, and the medical purveying of marijuana is in the billions. And it's absolutely well, I think I think but you call it ridiculous. the, the, uh, the uh, uh, drug war industrial complex. But what do you do then? What? How do you? How do you? How do you reconcile the? I, I got the a whole question. culture because as, how do you reconcile the whole culture? You know, and when when, um, when uh, you see the youth of America and your children in the neighborhood who who start out, you know, getting high because that's sort of the benign drug, you know, yeah. and then they move on to other so-called yeah. gateway drug. And, well, and, I can you, tell and you, you know, you know. To add to that, I believe that the money that we're putting into putting people in prison and all of the money that's spent on catching people, we need to put in education and health care towards them mm-hmm. because these are sick people. Mm-hmm. They're not criminals. Eighty percent of the people that are locked up in prison are from simple possession. Yes. See, my, you know, my, are, are from my all argument, the drug cases. My argument you know. would be this because I'm a little bit more into like yeah, it's personal responsibility. You make exactly, a decision. Exactly. You go to jail. Yeah, yeah. I'm not going to treat you for yeah. whatever it is. for. That's my, that's that's my philosophy. You know, but and, but no, you know, I think Charles brings up a good point is that is that, you know, like like the people are getting busted for this category one mm-hmm. drug, which mm-hmm. shouldn't be categorized as one because it's putting people in jail. And because, you know, p- you know, the, the the there's money involved there. No, yeah. you know, I, I got a question uh, uh, for you. Um, um, I have I have a, a side business. It's not a marijuana business. It's good to hear. <laughs> <laughs> I have ATMs. I have ATMs at uh, restaurants and uh, uh, liquor stores and what have you. And I have one at a dispensary. Now, see, I'm providing a service. I don't have it. Uh, the dispensary uh, uh, business uh, d- is not making any money off of me or my ATM. Uh, it, they just wanted to provide the service, and I'm providing that service to them, to their uh, clients, and it got popped. <laughs> now, it got popped. I don't know why, because I've I've only set foot there a few times. I haven't been there in over a year. But, I mean. What's your question? What should I do, right? <laughs> well, you know, this is really, <laughs> let me answer a question that, that, that you haven't asked yet, but it's really the underpinning of why this thing is, is the way it is here in California. Uh-huh. When the voters passed Prop 215, this was back in 1996, what they were saying was, we would like to make medical marijuana a legally a useful product for people who want to make use of it for their own medical conditions. Uh And they left it to the legislature to resolve uh, how that was going to work. And the legislature, in its wisdom, or lack thereof, uh, came up with (laughs) SB 420, which is a set of guidelines. And this is really the most tortured, 
Rube Goldbergian set of regulations <laughs> possible. And so what's happened is people have seen that this this notion of every single person in the collective has to be part of the growing process, that every single person in the collective has to have a condition that the others are aware of. These kinds of regulations have made um, a torturous environment in which people who are trying to purvey the medicine uh, uh, are, are, are trying to make a living as well. I mean, a lot of these businesses are mom-and-pop shops. If you took Schedule One off the table and simply acknowledged that, m- that medicinal marijuana is effective for any number of ailments, the whole federal government would go away, and billions of dollars are being wasted uh, chasing people, arresting people, and incarcerating and, and adjudicating people. All of that money could be turned in, as Charles says, into a program where you catch the real bad guys, the street gangs that are bringing violence and, and danger, and, and endangering patients into, uh, you, you could focus those resources in that regard. And what and happens... put it into education. People, these drugs are here on this planet, and they're not going anywhere. Mm-hmm. If there's a demand, it's going to be filled by someone. It doesn't matter. And we're never going to learn. So it's here. We need to educate ourselves about it and learn how to deal with it. And, not, and, uh, and here's one other thing. In, uh, as you may know, in Colorado and Washington State, right. recreational use was legalized by a vote of the people in Colorado. It was called Amendment 64. Now, in Colorado, people have been in a legal medical marijuana environment for a number of years now. So the, so the oh. people in Colorado have seen that these uh, dispensaries don't cause crime. It's not, you know, it's not like a prostitution or a street gang sort of activities. This is a regular alternative medical shop, just like if you went down to a neurologist in Chinatown in San Francisco. And because they've seen this, because they've seen the millions of dollars of tax revenues that have helped them build their roads and fund their schools and other things that the people of the state of Colorado want done by their government, they've decided to take it one step further and make recreational use. But here in California, we all know <laughs> See, that's, are, that, ter- that terrifies me well, as a parent. And uh, I understand that, but it is, it is much um, harder... And, and- for, me, it's much harder for a child to get liquor exactly. from a liquor store than it is from them to get pot from there the drug a drug dealer. There right. was a study That's that was argument. just done. Right. Yeah. If it's if it's legal and regulated, kids can't get a hold of it. But like I said, if there's a demand, somebody's going to fill it. Our kids are always going to be able to get a hold of it because it's yeah, on but, the black market. But, but uh, as a see, it's when it's legal, when it's okay by society standards, that it terrifies me because. Because then it's okay. You know, you can't tell well, a kid it's not okay when as far as the legal... You know, well, I think yeah, well, the exactly. thing is the, 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 Go ahead. Well, the, the same thing I did with my son. When I first got my gun when I was 21 years old, I, or what, what's the age to get a, a handgun? 21? Eight, eight, no, I think it's 21 for a handgun. Shotgun, it's 18. Anyway, the point is, is that when, when I first got my handgun, I, I emptied it out. I put it in my kid's hands. I told him, look at it, play right. with it, do whatever the hell you want with it. Why? Because I want to get the curiosity away from him. Demystify kids, it. Exactly. Yeah, just, yeah. I think for the most part, that's what solves it is the kids. Well, you you, I, you I tell them no, they're going to want to do it a million times over. I, Why? Because hey, naturally we're just rebellious. Hey, Charles, I want to ask you a question. I know you, you're, you about your craft, your art. <laughs> I, and you, you may not want to give some secrets away, but hey, you know, like if somebody, <laughs> Angel, had, he's considered the best in the Southland. Yeah, <laughs> you're talking to the, to the Barry Bonds of uh, cultivators. Right there you there. go, Holmes. Uh, now look, like if, I've seen if this one place. Were, it's if pretty one, vision. Because you know, if I under, if I knew this correctly, if someone gets a medical marijuana card, um, they're allowed to grow a plant <laughs> or two at home. Mm-hmm. Do you have any pointers? <laughs> oh, I mean, it, it's endless. I mean, well, just you know, like uh, just you know, you know, you can make for, for a novice like you could make you could myself. Make. <laughs> you know, you know, one one of the biggest things I would say 
is the majority of people and all the books that are written about growing never talk about closed systems pretty much. And, and what that means is you, you don't need to bring air in or out of the room. So most people don't realize that. But you because it's I think most people stray away from it is because it's expensive because you have to get bigger air conditioners and dehumidifiers and things like that. Because normally when you bring air in and out, you don't have to worry about all those things because it, it's the outside air. So, you, you know, but, Angel, your brother actually was in one of uh, grow <laughs> facilities. And I would just be curious to ask uh, how sophisticated he thought it was. Hey, so uh, did you so, so did you. Uh, so did you? Uh, so did you blindfold him or what? You went in there blindfolded, no, right? Uh, we were. T- we, yes, we, you went blindfolded, right? Yeah, yeah, but I don't. I don't want to talk about that. Right <laughs> now. So. Um, so anyway, so that that technique of having it enclosed it <laughs> is. <laughs> that, but see, uh, Charles, he's talking about one plant. Uh, one plant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, of course. Well, that that's my point. Is that most people don't understand the the reason. I think that the reason how to get a, a really high potent, you know, a good tasting plant is the CO2. And the CO2 in the room, if you have it above 300, because out, outside it's 300 all over the world <laughs> for the most part. If you get it up to about 1500, then that's when more sugars are produced and, and it becomes more of a potent plant. And because you know, it, it's like steroids for the plants, but it doesn't do anything bad to it. It's music. just CO2. Classical music. <laughs> Mm-hmm. He grows his plants to classical music. Really? Really? Yeah, well, that, that too. But <laughs> well, there's, a, there's a tremendous video that you can watch on YouTube called The Secret Life of Plants. Uh-huh. And one element of that uh, video is showing how if you play you know, death rock music in a room where there's a plant, the plant will have an immediate uh, violent reaction internally in terms of plant chemistry. Uh-huh. And if you play uh, Shostakovich, the plants flourish. Right on. It's the it's the beauty of the music. That and what a, if I put Lady Gaga on? Oh God, no. <laughs> oh, <die. laughs> uh, so we got some people chiming in. Lourdes says, "Jose Hernandez, take a split for your head already." <laughs> uh, and then uh, Marisol Mendez asks, "Why not have it prescribed by a doctor and get it at a pharmacy like all other drugs?" That's a good question. Well, because yeah. right now it's illegal for pharmaceutical outlets to sell it because it's a federal one, uh, schedule one, uh, federally uh, regulated. Right, product. but the, the I, way I, I see I it, guess, I, the way I see it, I don't, I don't, I wouldn't want it to be pharmaceutical at yeah. all because they and, give give it to the pharmaceutical companies and we'll have a genetically modified fucking herb. Most likely, you're right about that. No, they're not. They're, they're trying to do that right now, and they're they're trying to extract certain cannabinoids and put them in a pill form, like they do Marinol. And, and why not? Marinol is is one. But the problem is, is that a lot of the chemicals or compounds within the plant, uh, certain things work as a catalyst to for to have the effects that it does in your body. So I so I, that's the problem. I heard you that, say that before, but how uh, is it not possible? I mean. I don't know. Maybe in the future, I guess, with enough, enough studies. But if it's illegal and there's only a couple corporations having the ability to do this, then it's going to be a monopoly all over again. What? I believe yeah, in small business. That. I believe in small business for the community, for the people. I agree. Not with you. in huge conglomerate, you know, corporations I, controlling. That's, I'm, for, I'm totally that's, with you. With that's that, an Charles. issue. I, 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 that's something I, I hear a lot. I'm with, with you, Chuck. With <laughs> this, this is up my hair about <laughs> all the time by people <laughs> all over. <laughs> <laughs> hey, let me tell you though. No, but but you always come up with. I, I say this How generally about, speaking. Uh, the, the argument I got, always. I got a, no, you keep I'm talking about the same shit. How about the like, stuff in that 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 little pill? It's like a gold. It looks like a vitamin E pill. They call it gold. You heard of that? No. No, no, what does that have to well, do? Well, I can tell you what you're talking about. Yeah. There's a Is way that to marijuana. There's a, there, well, there's oh, a way to. Is that Marinol? There's a way. I don't know. I haven't seen it. I don't. Sorry. What 
what you're talking about is is what a lot of people re- refer to as tincture, and it's a way of extracting the uh, active ingredients from the plant oils into the oils <laughs> themselves. So it's basically a process of. But you said uh, that's a pill. No, you can find it in a little gel cap. Yeah, oh. but gel oh, cap. Okay. and you can adjust okay. it. Yeah, it's yeah. a way of ingesting tincture, oh. and tincture is just a very potent form of the oh, of the medicine that's reduced from the, only the oils of the plant. And so it's like you know, the resin on the pipe. Uh, correct. Like, like so, what you call uh, hashish is no. simply a simply a highly uh, a highly uh, uh, processed form of uh, uh, potency. You, you extract the. Um Oh my God! What is it? The the trichomes off the plant. The trichomes is where most of the THC is held in a lot of the cannabinoids. Mm. And if you extract it through whatever process you are, that that's what you get from it. In the so end. I want to get back to uh, what you guys say because a lot of times I've had these discussions with a lot of people who are are, are who have been in the business or uh, uh, you know believe in the medical cannabis, and uh, it's always been uh, they always come back with these altruistic. <laughs> You know, motives like, oh, I believe in small business. You know, I believe in small business, too. Or, you know, the big corporations are evil. And I mean, it's so altruistic. Well, me, me, me as a grower, that's the worst thing for me to have happen to me profit wise. Is it be legal? So, of course, that that just right off the bat, it would drive prices down dramatically. So that's not in my best interest. But that's not why I'm doing this. Is well, because for my own, you know, personal profit interests. Well, you know what? Let me tell you. Since the this this measure passed and they made it uh, uh, here, California made it legal. Prop two fifteen. That one, it has driven the, the the street prices down a whole lot. Oh yeah, I know. Yep. Well, and understand <laughs> something else, which I think you're forgetting, Jose. It's what <laughs> said about supply and demand. Uh, it's not a difficult plant to grow, but it is surprisingly a difficult it's, plant to grow as effectively. Uh, as Charles grows it now, the, the 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 issue of you worry about with your kids is this, you know, with society's kids, well, everyone's kids. Sure, okay, your kids and everybody else's kids. Uh-huh. We are strongly for the promotion of of activities that deny children access to these drugs. But I don't talk on behalf of the street gangs and the cartels. I talk on behalf of the medical marijuana suppliers. Right. Within our industry, it is almost impossible to walk in and pass off a fake ID and a fake recommendation and walk out. But you could, as a 19-year-old, I've, I've do I've that. Done, like, someone, and, and, someone like Jackie could do that. But you don't have to do that when you buy from a cartel. There are people trying to figure out ways to spot kids who they think are going to be good salespeople. Mm-hmm. So the point that you're making about having it be okay... The, medic, the, the society's already moved past that. 70% of the people in this state yeah. have said they believe medical marijuana should be available to people, and it's going to be, unless the federal government takes yes. another giant step and a stupid step backwards. Right. What, what we're saying is, if you regulate it like this, for the same reason your kids can't go in and get oxycodone from a, from a pharmacist, they're being denied access. If you leave it to the street market, to the criminal element in society, Let me throw then there's going to be as much quote. access as they can possibly create. Yeah. I'll yeah. throw in one quote from Ron Paul. He said, if I legalized heroin tomorrow, would you do it? Yeah, good question. Good no, point. But, but, that's exactly. not, but that's not the point. The point is, if you legalize, if things are acceptable mm. socially, they're more, you know, it's less, you're fighting, you're already fighting an uphill battle with the children, with, with youngsters. Mm. You know, but you want, I want to go back to something you said, because you, you are part of a cooperative. Yes. And uh, the law states that you're, you're supposed to, be a not for profit. Yes, correct. Um, uh, you're a five hundred one c three. Yes, is that what it is? Five hundred one c three. Correct. So how uh, with uh, with your grow uh, with your uh, 
you know, whatever system, your, your grow houses and everything. How much are you nonprofit making, I guess is the term? Uh, for the most part, everything that's extra after salaries and 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 whatever expenses that occur from to get the product to to the or to the uh, the members of the collective are supposed to be dispersed to the members in in the form of say classes or services or, or anything else that that the members do want. So say that you know the board of directors that they'll they'll vote and figure out where the money is best spent for the members. Let, let me make a point too about the profit and nonprofit status yeah. of things. The Red Cross, the American Red Cross, is a five hundred one c three nonprofit. Right. Nonetheless, they paid uh, Elizabeth Dole before she was a senator over a million dollars a year for her leadership of that organization, and they felt that it was useful because of her political contacts and her status right. and just the, the You're ability so she badass, had. Man. So, so the, the point <laughs> I'm making Take is that. Guy. The, the point I'm making is that it's not that people don't profit by their participation in it, sure. but it's, it's salaries, uh, it, it's not stock options, it's not commissions, it's not money out the back door the way for-profit corporations you know, feed their, their executives. And we had an executive salary uh, explosion in this country. That's what the whole Wall Street, uh, uh, 1% uh, uh, Occupy Wall Street yeah. was. So people make a living in this business, and if you're the yeah, best, that's not at something it, that you could just do part time as a volunteer, and everything's going to get done. It takes a full time job to get right. out to to provide the service. Yeah, because you got your babies to take care of. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, you should see them with the plants. <laughs> but the the point is that if you're the very best at doing something, you should be able to be well compensated for that. It's the it's the organization itself, the collective. That's a nonprofit relationship. They're not paying out stock. They're not being invested in. And I can tell you. Every week I get a call from some, you know, investment uh, advisor or some person who's got some cash in his pocket who says, how can I get into this business? It's a business I'm interested in. And what's happening is, is people's fear of this business is being replaced by the greed that they see as an opportunity for this business. Very interesting. And our, our trade organization, by raising the standards, by raising the press, by sh- telling people that we're, that we're going to do this right and do it well, is causing people to get more and more interested. And I can tell you. Just like when Jaws came out, and all of a sudden Wall Street figured out, well, if you can make $100 million making a movie, maybe we should get in the movie business. The same thing is happening in this business. And I bet Charles can tell but you again, he again, has lots of people trying to invest in what he does. Is pa- Patient Alliance, is that the name of the? Patient Care Alliance Los Angeles. Uh, uh, P-C-A-L-A. Is that, is that the only organization like yours here in uh, California? It is not. It's just the, the biggest and the best. So um, well, if they got you on it, Mark, I'm sure it is. Eh? <laughs> hey, look at it's got he's gave me his business card. It's got green letters. By the way, that's printed on hemp. That is business, it? That's the only business card. Oh, I've you ever shouldn't seen. have told me it ain't gonna yeah. last very and long. Tell, hemp <laughs> is another is a non you know psychoactive strain of, of, of cannabis. You can't people smoke should it. know that. Yeah. But I'll tell you something else. <laughs> the Constitution of the United States of America and the Declaration of Independence were both written on hemp. And that is the paper fiber from a cannabis plant. That's why it's locked up, eh? <laughs> and, you know, this isn't a new business. The first American ever to apply for a patent uh, to produce hemp in this country was a guy you probably heard of named Benjamin Franklin. What? Yeah. And, the, yeah. and, the, and, and George the, Washington was a hemp farmer. And they were, they were actually giving uh, uh, bonds or giving uh, uh, to f- making farmers farm it. At, at one time, yep. from what I yeah, understand. Yeah, and in World War II, they, they required, I think it was like half of farmers or something like that to grow hemp. Yeah, that, in order to support the war okay, that's, or our troops. That's another show. We could talk about hemp. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's a long, so, long show. Uh, well, and it, and it, that's the problem is it's kind of all boxed into one. When they made uh, 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 cannabis illegal, it pretty much outlawed hemp and marijuana and every other strain of cannabis. So it's all... 
in one box. And you know, China's the world's greatest exporter of hemp, and California by itself imports and it consumes 80% of the hemp that's uh, imported into the this really? Chinese. They're importing everything to us. So, so um, uh, it, well, it looks to me like if somebody's going to go to any one of these uh, uh, cooperatives or dispensaries, that can they find your logo on it if they're part of the organization? Sure. Yeah? Yeah. Right Interesting. It's a good, good housekeeping seal. Before right <laughs> the UL, uh, before we, before we, uh, patient we, care alliance Los Before Angeles. we go, I really want to hear from Charles a little bit more um, because uh, I saw your facility. Hey, did you name him? Do you have little names for him? Told him? No, uh, sometimes. Yeah. How much? <laughs> how much? Um, how much is invested? in, in uh, forget man hours. Just in, in infrastructure like. Uh, you know, uh, the hardware and everything into one grow house. I mean, how much do you spend, you know, just outfitting? Because I saw air vacuums and all kinds of electrical ballasts and fans and lights and all kinds of shit. Yeah, yeah, it is pretty expensive. Um, I would say for about a thousand square feet, it would cost you anywhere from about a hundred to one hundred twenty thousand to get through your first harvest. Wow. And so there's a lot of heat lamps going on there. Yes. And um, how do you, I mean, and then there's in and out. How do you keep from, because, you know, be it for the good cause or not, you're still in hiding. Exactly. How do you keep from getting busted? Um, th- There's no perfect secret other than keep a tight inner circle of people around you and... Uh, don't yeah. worry, eh? we won't tell nothing. Yet. Yeah. So it's a long interview process when you hire someone, right? Yeah, it's all family and friends. So yeah, you don't don't let anybody into your inner circle that's you know not known. So you know what? I think you'll be uh, uh, happy to hear this, uh, Chuck. Uh, Lord has posted on our Facebook. She says, "Yes, my sister has cancer and is getting chemo. And guess what? She can eat and drink because of medical marijuana. Yep. Society as a whole needs to get out." Of this negative propaganda and see the benefits of this plant. It's a plant. Yeah. I mean, the truth can't hide. I mean, I'm sorry. Yeah, the truth can't hide for that much longer. They're trying to keep it, you know, under their thumb and it's not working. Well, again, um, before we close out, my worry is like what happened in Colorado recently. The fact that they've legalized it for recreational use, that scares the shit out of me. I've never been. <laughs> no, I've never. Something wrong with I've, I, I totally understand the well, medical uh, aspect of it. Totally. I, and, and I wish if there was hyper, hyper, hyper regulation of it, let, believe it or not. Let like me they tell do you. Valium and Oxycontin. And even then, things are oh, be, being, you know. There so is. It, it is, is Cal- pretty. It Colorado. is really, really controlled by the state. Yeah. Let me tell you something. Every aspect of it. But then again, I've done stories where I go out. I'm sorry, brother. Where I've done undercover stuff where these kids are going into the dispensaries with nothing, a scratch on their knee, and they're getting these freaking fake cards. And I can tell you that's why the Patient Care Alliance Los Angeles is necessary. There needs to be an organization that uses the collective power economically and the responsible power of the leaders of this industry to get together and say, we need to clean this up. Because those kinds of investigative stories poison the public's attitude about the good operators. But they also you know. inform I mean, if it, if no one's watching, no one sees it. Absolutely, no one gives a we shit. we we are uh, committed to driving those kinds of dispensaries out of business because they're bad for everybody. Two reasons why, and I think three reasons why it's illegal. Category one: one, uh, the uh, the prison industrial complex. Uh, uh, two is that uh, well, it, it, it the hemp is going to give competition to the oil companies and other companies. 
And three oil companies. And three, three is because it yeah, makes hemp produces a lot of similar products to, uh, from oil, plastics and shit. I, I didn't yeah. know that. And three, oh yeah, it makes right. peaceful people peaceful. This is a fact. Russia, not Russia. True. No, Russia. No, I know this for a fact. Russia. I know used, this for a fact. Russia used <laughs> yeah. marijuana during the uh, the Cold War. Uh, to try uh, to keep the Americans peaceful, right? And uh, well, they it worked with me. as long as they're <laughs> high, they're peaceful. As long yeah. as they're high, they're kickback. Go ahead, Jack. You had something to say. You know, you've never seen anyone go into a Seven Eleven and rob it while stoned. No, right? yeah. but when they're not high, they're like angry. They, it, it affects your anger. It does when people aren't high and they haven't had a joint for a day or two. They're, they're, it affects their freaking temper. That's not true. It it's is been, true. It's been about four days it's for me. So and true, I'm, I'm pretty chill. All right. <laughs> I have a question about location-wise. So you're helping out with kind of taking away the stigma and that. What about locations? Because it, where I live, there's a million dispensaries, but particularly there's some really close, like a block away from elementary school, and the other one is like another block away from a high school near me. And I'm sure there are punk kids who go in there and use those, you know, bogus medical cards. But regardless, these children that are in elementary school when they walk home they pass by one of them is called la buds and it's like it's right it's it's right there and that's <laughs> what i'm talking about is that something that's that y- you guys are actively working on you as know it's well? a very very good question jackie one of the things that we found in dealing with public and quite frankly there's a large segment of the public that doesn't have an opinion one way or the other if people want to use medical marijuana that's fine but they do have a problem with the neon pot leaves and the you know the guns and 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 sex that, uh, advertising that people engage in. And so one of the things that a, a sister organization of ours did down in San Diego, what, called a place called the Patient Care Alliance, uh, excuse me, the Patient Care Association, they met with the city council and with responsible members of the community, chamber of commerce, Rotary, school leaders, and said, what are the non medical-related issues that bother you the most. And number one was the kind of advertising and the look of the place from the Mm -hmm. front, you know, the green crosses and so forth. And they said if you could simply, you know, mask that so that when our kids walk by, they're not titillated by, you know, the pretty girls hanging out front handing out flyers, that would make a significant difference. And we are trying to organize, as we speak, a set of professional standards that all of our dispensary members, uh, collective members will agree to. And that's right at the top of the list. Can we get away from this sort of salaciousness that surrounds the way these places look from the outside? Now, there, if you'll note, you drive around L.A. and say you went down Ventura Boulevard, you can see simply a green cross every three or four blocks. Yeah. And, you know, that's sort of the universal symbol. It's not the cleverest idea anyone's ever had, but it's, <laughs> but it's, it's out there. You know, we're, we would like to arrest that problem so that people don't feel like it's uh, it's inviting their kids in the way tobacco advertising was you know was created to invite kids into smoking. Uh, you know what? I I have no problem with the cross. Nothing wrong with the cross. Get rid of the the, the beer neon signs at the liquor store. Then, I mean, it, it's it, you know. No, but the the idea is that I one just, of the, one of the dispensaries that's that's the closest to the elementary school. It's a uh, it's like a logo of an outline of a marijuana leaf, and it's L.A. buds, and it's like in cholo writing. And it's it's just and I don't even there's, there's a big ass green okay. cross in the background, so you know the high school kids fine they already know about it. But when I look at the elementary is that your place, school Charles? kids, 
That's not your place, is it? No. <laughs> <laughs> the elementary school kids, they just think like, oh, it's cool. It's, it's you know, it's right. a cool little logo, it glor- I it guess. It glorifies it. Yeah. Like the so, kids don't walk around looking at a CVS sign saying, oh, that's a cool you know, drugstore. You know what? I, mm-hmm. I can appreciate you know what, what you said about that. You know, the, That's a good uh, point. But, uh, Mark, I can appreciate what you said about that. But, it's you know, it's it, look at all the glorification that you have. The big, uh, the cardboard cutouts of hey, some chick holding a beer You're can right. White sure. Or the, the porn industry. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, but that's, all over. That's but, out of control. But, I mean, but so, but people do speak up against like strip joints in the in near schools mm-hmm. and stuff like that. To that same um, on that same line. Of yeah, but thinking. they don't vehemently speak up like it. And just <laughs> like so everyone will know, I'm still vehemently against the recreational use of marijuana, and, and I'm not. <laughs> as long as you do okay. it responsibly. I'm kind of like the one in the middle. As like long as you I'm, do it I'm for the medical purposes. However, I understand the concern of but possible I, but drug ask you, use. And, let me ask you something, Jose. We gotta wrap it up, though. Let, let me ask you something, Jose. So, um, everyone who drinks beer drinks it for recreational purposes, right? It has no medical. And that's a redund- I mean, that's a rhetorical question, right? What's your point? That my point is that the the drinking of alcohol there has no medical. Of course, it does. They use alcohol for medical purposes all the time. Now, you mean the drinking? The of drinking it. of alcohol, beer, and stuff is for recreational use. Okay, and that is done irresponsibly or responsibly. So really, it's not, you know. No, but I am against the use of marijuana for recreational purposes. It's illegal. But you're okay yeah. with the beer, right? It's not yeah, legal. And, it's not and, and I know for me having a drinking problem for a, a short amount of time that it made me extremely irresponsible. It made me extremely just not caring about anything. And then right when I smoke, it instantly has me in touch with, with stuff that matters. That's right on. Yeah. See? He's awakened. <laughs> hey, wait brother. a minute. Let's play the He's chill conscious. lounge. That's the chill lounge He's right conscious. there. He's well, conscious. Jackie, I, I interrupted you, sweetie. No, I'm but sorry. we need we need to close out we need to close it out. We're way over over time. No, we're not. We started late, remember? We, yeah, it's night. We got the chill lounge. Jeez, Louise. Anyway, but it's before, the best topic we've had in still for a long no, time. Eh? First of all, thank you for that. No, well, I'm, I'm serious. We'd be glad not, to come back sometime. It's I, not just the topic, but the people. You guys are really. It's a great yeah. perspective. I'm I agree a with lot. my brother. Thank, thank you. Thank, thank you very much. Uh, I really do agree with my brother in regards to this. It's a fantastic topic. I mean, just because I disagree with most of of the marijuana thing. Hmm. I, oh, it's a, it's a general. It's a good concern. I, I did, you know I understand um, the medicinal. You know, background of it. If there's just a way that I could wrap my, it could be wrapped in a sense, in a way like you know the Tylenol cap that you can't. Nah, tap you know, uh, yeah. let me share you this with say? you, Jose. My father's best friend was a very prominent columnist for the San Francisco Chronicle named Charles McCabe, and he used to write about Planned Parenthood all the time. How Planned Parenthood was the problem, and how you were making it too easy for kids to have access to. To sex, and uh-huh. my argument was actually we're trying to make it easy for kids to have access to safe sex. And this was right during the <laughs> middle of the beginning of the, of, of the AIDS crisis. Mm-hmm. I ran into him one Halloween morning, and we were discussing it. And he said, "Well, this is just wrong." And I said, "Charles, what, what you're looking for, the answer to your problem is you want kids to stop fucking. Okay, that's what you want. <laughs> and that is Planned Parenthood isn't going to stop that, and you're not going to stop that. Uh-huh. Nothing's going to stop that. And so the, 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 the questions that you have and the concerns you have are understandable. But that's why Brian told the story about." handing his gun to his child. Yeah. If we regulate this industry properly, <laughs> if we get on this, and if our industry self-regulates through organizations such as ours, then <laughs> then we'll find out 
isolation of the rest of the problem, but you're simply not going to stop people from recreational drug use any more than you're going to stop kids from, from being curious about sex. I, I, yeah, it's, it's a whole philosophical thing that goes beyond just uh, the, the uh, demystification of it. Um, it has to do with control. You know, like, for instance, the reason why you don't want te- uh, schools to teach certain curriculum in school because you as a parent might have different ideologies and, and, and creeds and, that, and things like that. And when you're already fighting an uphill battle on things like that, the more things that are thrown at at, the, at your kids and more influences, it makes it more difficult as a parent. As, and it's not even a judgment on other people <coughs> or, or whatever. It's just the way you, you raise your child. But that's a whole philosophical. And Mark, uh, are you some uh, the uh, Patient Care Alliance? Is this an organization that a patient may call? Absolutely. You know, it's an interesting question, Angel, and I'll tell you that when we were trying to figure out how much membership should cost and what responsibilities and rights our members had, uh, we never originally created a a membership for patients. Mm -hmm. And there are a lot of folks out there who simply are what we call down for the cause. They want to be part of the uh, transformation of this industry from being in in the gray into the black and white, where people can see exactly what we're doing, where we're transparent. And so, yes, Patients who are listening uh, can call me if you don't mind me giving out our information. Yeah. Uh, our number is 805-583-1500. Uh, we have an 800 number that I actually don't have right in front of me. Um, but we do have um, a website, www.pca-la.org. And if anybody takes up that website, pca la Dot org. They can find out all kinds of information. They can get us online. They can call us. They can come to our seminars. And we really encourage patients to learn more about the medicine that they're taking. Right okay, on. how about right you, on. Charles? I wouldn't suppose you'd want to put out your social media or anything. And... <laughs> oh, I'm okay for now. <laughs> Is there Thanks for the pointers, Holmes. What oh, would you no like problem. to, um, last word, what would you like our listeners to know? Any last thing you want to just put out there? Please educate yourself about the the things that are all around us in this world from, you know, all the plants, all the resources, even what you guys were talking about earlier about the GMOs, the chemicals in our food, every single aspect of your life. We, we, we have a more solid understanding of our cell phone than we do our own body. So get in touch with the earth Good and point. your body, and you'll figure things out on your own. Good okay, point. so uh, that's Charles, a grower of medicinal marijuana. And, uh, no, but his name is really Chuck, but yeah. we're calling him Charles. <laughs> and <laughs> also, uh, Mark O'Hara, uh, Executive Director of the Patient Care Alliance. He's also here with us today. Uh, thank you both for being here. Awesome topic. Really appreciate you guys coming, honestly. Oh, no problem. Thank you for having us. Uh, our pleasure, absolutely. Please come again, yeah. all right? Uh, anytime. <laughs> My brother wants you to come back again. What's up, bro? I just got uh, 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 Mark O'Hara just told me that he ran the first anti-GMO campaign in the U.S. Wow! Right. All right. Oh yes, we're very proud of that. Right on. <laughs> well, let me tell you, I was out in the streets g- getting people signatures, and uh, I was one of those volunteers to get get it on the ballot. I think it's uh, 35 countries, uh, all industrialized countries who have an agricultural base, have banned genetically modified. Uh, food use in their country, and they ban the uh, cultivation of it. Right on, man. Okay, Even so Mexico. Good ghettos. Eh? You got some good guests this time, man. Right on. All right, guys. We'll be right back with Angel's Chill Lounge. Tired of that same old talk radio? Listen to Twin Talk with Jose and Angel, Tuesdays at 7 p.m. Kick back. And listen.
your vibe. We are all vibrations, sending out vibes that ripple within and throughout, perpetuating yourself via these vibes. So how are you? Check your vibe. How are those around you? Check your vibe. And how is your vibe? Check yourself. Chill. One love. And that's another edition of my brother's Chill Lounge. A rather rather abbreviated version of the Chill Lounge. (laughs) We want to thank you once again for joining us on Twin Talk with Jose and Angel as we broadcast every week from Theo Luis's Garage. And we really do it for you. No, we don't. We do. No, we don't. We do. You do. I don't. I do it for the money. (laughs) Yeah, we make a lot of money in the garage. We want to thank all our guests for being here. Pam Larry from the uh, GMO Movement. Stephanie uh, Amaro from Trio Ellas. Good luck. Congratulations, girls. Congratulations on your nomination and good luck on the win. You're hot and you can sing. We also want to thank our friends here who who came here, our uh, our very own uh, grower, Mr. Charles. Thanks for being here, Mr. Charles. Thanks for coming down, Chuck. And (laughs) also want to thank Mark O'Hara. Yeah, he's mic's up. Oh, Oh, thank you. Appreciate you coming down. It was awesome. Very informative. Thank you. Thank you. I also want to thank Mark O'Hara, Executive Director of the but, but Patient that, Care Alliance, Los go. Angeles. There you go. Thanks, guys. Very informative, Mark. Thank you very much. Appreciate really it. Appreciate right on, it. man. You guys rock. Eh? Again, want to thank uh, out of NBC and Telemundo, uh, Miss uh, Jackie Casas for being here with News and Dirty Laundry. Thank you, guys. Have ha- a good night. Happy birthday, Chiquita. Thank you. Happy birthday. 25 years old. Oh. She's a hottie. Yeah. Let's talk, let's talk about how hot she is. <laughs> and I like, you know what's hot about her too? That she likes boobs. <laughs> but I'm not a lesbian, guys. Just I am. I'm, I'm not. a lesbian. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, thanks for tuning in. Tune in next week. We're going to have El Sonido Callejero. El Sonido Callejero. They're going to perform live. Here. And, a bu- here and a bunch of other good stuff. Yeah. All right. Tune in next week. Thanks for listening, y'all. Choo!